Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Thursday Night at the Speakeasy Cafe. We would like to invite you to take open mic poetry night. Now, let's get started. I want your ink in our ears. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. We have a real busy start to the show here. We've got a couple of tracks we're going to play when we start out at the beginning of the show for National Poet, or not National Poetry Month. I've been reading about that today, too. Tomorrow, March 8th, is National Women's Day, so I have two poems that I'm going to be playing, recorded poems. I'm going to be playing at the start of the show in honor of that. Um, we have our workshop information and uh, sponsorship stuff and, and exercises and prompts to give out. We've, and then there was something that, because it's the first uh, show of the month, I'm supposed to play a track of mine, but instead I think I may read something for you that might tie in with the exercise if we have time. So we've got a lot going on before we get to our callers. Uh, we need to get through all that, so I'm going to be talking kind of quickly so we can get you on the air. First of all, I want to make sure I give you the phone number. It is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call in and read tonight. Now, some of the information that I was talking with you about. Uh, if you're interested in putting together a workshop with us, let me know. Send me a message over on Facebook. It's Nyla, N-Y-L-A dot Alicia, A-L-I-S-I-A. Send me a message. Let me know what you'd like to put together. Your workshops can be anywhere from 30 minutes to three hours long. They can be uh, pre-recorded, so you can record them on your computer and send those in to us via MP3 file. So you can pre-record. We can do a call where we call and talk together and pre-record a show, or we can do a live show or a combination of any of those. So whatever you want to do, uh, you know, we can we can get that put together. Would love to have you do this. You are not, you do not have to be a professional workshop provider in order to do one of these. It's just meant to give us time to share, talking a little bit more intimately about our craft. You know, so if you want to do one where you actually go through the steps of writing a poem, or you want to talk about an era of poetry or a style of poetry, or a particular poem, just whatever you want to put together, let us know. We'll get that set up. It'll be amazing. I want to thank real quickly Star Sevron, James Sapien, and Roy Murdoch for helping sponsor the show last year uh, and keeping us on air uh, with our three-hour show every single week. We want to thank them for sponsoring our license to do that and let you know that the year is up. If you're interested in helping sponsor the show this year, just shoot me over a message, and I'll let you know what that entails. Appreciate all of you. I want to say thank you again to Star Severon, James, One Sapien, and Roy Murdoch for uh, sponsoring the show last year. All right, now, so next thing is next. I give out the exercise and the writing prompt. Okay, so the the writing prompt is different. The prompt is meant to inspire a finished piece of poetry. So it's planting a seed, and whatever way it grows, that's good. It could be the title. It could be a line in the poem. It could be the concept of the poem itself. But it's meant to produce, at the end, a working poem. So your prompt for tonight is kind of two parts, because you have to fill in a blank, all right? And then you have to write, plant the seed and write the poem or do whatever you want. Or not. It's up to you. It's a seed. You know, 
Okay. So the prompt tonight is the old is for blank. The old is for blank. And you fill in that blank. The old is for, and then use that as a title, a line of, or a concept of a poem. So that's your prompt for this week. Now, the overall theme for our writing exercise in March is kind of like March itself, in like a lion out with a lamb. You know, you will start out this month with this exercise, kicking and screaming. But doing it, I promise you that by the end of the month, you will be loving it so much. It'll be like morning coffee. You can't do without it. Kind of a march in like a lion out with a, a lamb writing exercise. All right. It'll, you, you will just love it by the end of the month. I swear to you, I promise. Money back guarantee, air back guarantee, whatever. <laughs> All right. So an exercise, writing exercise is something that's meant to make you step out of your comfort zone, Something do something you normally wouldn't do, do it in a way you wouldn't do it, write about it, you know, look at it, whatever, in a way that you normally wouldn't do. Sometimes that isn't always in the form of writing. Sometimes you have to physically do something in order to feed that creative side of you. Like you feed your logical grown-up adult side of you by putting gas in the car so you can go to work every day. But what do you do? as an action to feed that creative side of you. All right, so your exercise for this first week in March is to go out to the store and buy a journal or a three-ring notebook or a spiral notebook or whatever, but just get a blank page, a spiral notebook, a journal, whatever it is. All right, go get one. School stuff's on sale right now. You can, you know, pick one up for 59 cents at Walmart. Spiral notebook doesn't have to be anything fancy, right? You should already have a new pen because that was an exercise for from a few uh, weeks ago. If you didn't do the exercise where you buy yourself a brand new pen that feels good in your hand, then you have to get both. You have to get the notebook, spiral notebook or journal, and a, pen, a new pen. This is doing a physical act that is telling that creative side of you that it is important enough for action. It is important enough for you to dedicate those steps in order to show that it should grow, that it's good, to nurture it, to give it the tools it needs to move forward. All right? The rest of this, where we're going with this, we, you will be given next week. But let me just say that it is going to be an exercise in free writing. All right? So that kind of gives you a little bit of a teaser. And what made me think of this was how important free writing, and this is where I was going to read you something. I don't know if I've, let me look at the board. Okay, I think we've got, I think we're okay. I think I have time. So what made me think about free writing is I was sitting down and I was free writing. And when you do that constantly, when you're not forcing yourself to sit down and, and create an object, when you just let your brain go, it stretches its wings, it flexes its shoulders, it can straighten its spine. It isn't all confined up in your in your pen, in the fist, in the grip on the pen to where it can't move as you try to force what you want out of your pen. So you let go and you let the pen go and then you let yourself go and you you loosen that grip on the pen and you just let it go like a wave. It's free writing. You know, you're not necessarily sitting down to create anything. You just 
think on paper and let that flow go. So I was doing that, and I was looking at what I was writing about. I was sitting in my office, and I was looking at the typewriter. Now, the first of every month, as per agreement with the listeners after 12 years of being on the air and them yelling at me about it, our compromise was at the beginning of every month, first show of every month, I would play a track of mine or a piece of mine. And, you know, I've got some tracks in there, and I've played them, and, you know, that's, that, that, was, that was the deal. But I wanted to read something instead of playing a track of mine on the first show. I want to read this because it kind of ties in with the free writing that we're going to be talking about. And this is not a great piece of writing. It's not meant to be a great piece of writing. I'm probably going to stumble my way through it horribly because I've never even read it through yet uh, (laughs) since I wrote it. But it's something that I just sat down and started writing and just let let the ideas spill and then you can go back and look at later. And, and I was looking at this one thinking, well, you know, maybe I can edit this up and squish it around and move it around now that it's on paper. You know, maybe I can dip my finger fingers in it and finger paint a poem out of it, you know, create something pretty. And so this is something that I might go back and revisit that started out just as a rambling thought on paper to where it's like, yeah, maybe I can do something with this. And boom, there it is. Where it wouldn't have, I would never have had that had I not just sat down and, and let my pen play, you know, let it breathe, let it run, let it have relax. So I'm going to try to stumble through this with you. Please forgive me if I don't do well, <laughs> and and bear with me while I do this. But I was sitting in my office, and on across from my desk, there's another desk that's kind of set up like an old alchemist desk, and it's got all kinds of weird, crazy stuff on it. If you're on my Facebook page, you'll see it on one of my albums. But on there, one of the things I have is a really super old, like 1920s black royal typewriter. And it's the portable kind. It's, it would have been their laptop. It's not the great big giant secretary's one. It's the little tiny one that someone would carry around with them and sit on the train and write. You know, and you see them sitting over there, and they're, they got that, that fedora hat on, and, you know, their hair is slick and, and Sam Spadey type stuff. So... I'm sitting there looking at this typewriter, and I just start free writing, and this is what I wrote. Old typewriters. I have always loved the fingerprints left behind on things, their stories, the echoes, its shadows. As a writer, I'm obsessively drawn to these old typewriters. When I look at them, I can hear the keys clacking. I see the tie loosened. I feel the ever-pounding in my temple. I can inhale the incense of the struggle the cheap whiskey, and stale cigarette smoke. The ribbons hold overlapping aberrations of uncountable stories, poetry quieter than the tomb, half-written thoughts, nothing at all, and everything that needed to be said. I see a thousand times more the ideas crumpled on the floor, a graveyard of brilliant thoughts, a twisted pile of ramblings, pieces of a discarded mind. When I run my fingers over the keys, I can feel the clock ticking, 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 like a heartbeat, a cannon, my next breath, like waiting impatience. Standing there, I can close my eyes, and I feel the air buzzing with the glow of neon, feel it thick with the smell of sweat and hot asphalt. I hear the sirens in the distance barely making it through the open window because there is no breeze, not on the beginnings of on a dark night like this when nothing moves, nothing but keys, 
the clack, 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 the siren song, opium, absence, orgasm, drowning, screaming, birth. I am drawn in like a clean sheet, pinned down and waiting. I am caught in the history of it all, lingering palpable like the afterglow of a lover. But the muse, she is no tender mistress. She beckons, you go, you follow, you have no choice. I like to think each writer's fingerprints are still lingering there, that they hold the old muse poised, clinging a little, still and waiting, waiting still the through and through the dusty decades for the writer's return, for the caress. And I like to believe if I sit still enough, listen close enough, maybe run my fingers ever so barely, so softly over the letters, they will share the remnants of the ghosted story still whispering like old wind over the keys. So that was something I sat down and wrote, free wrote, just because I looked at the typewriter and put my pen down and thought, oh, okay, where am, am I going to go with this? That's what free writing is. But I liked it. You know, and I thought that that's something that I'm going to go back and play with and try to clean up and maybe do something with because it was fun. I liked, I liked where my mind wandered that day. That's what free writing can do. That's the freedom it gives you as a writer. It, it, it's letting yourself. Nobody wants to be the, the stuffed shirt and tie behind glass under neon. You know, you want to be that kid that jumps out of the window with his jeans ripped and scar on his elbow and the tough little grimace on the face and, and, and jump out and just rip open the day and see what you can make messy with, you know? So that, that's the kind of free writing we're going to be talking about. And uh, it, it's going to be difficult for some of you, but by the end of the month, I swear, you are going to breathe it. It's going to be like you wake up in the morning and it's that first breath you take. So... Yeah, it will be fun. Now, that is your exercise thing we're going to talk about. I do have two tracks that I am going to play to start the show off with tonight because uh, tomorrow, March 8th, is National or National Women's Day. And so I have two really good poems about women, and I was sitting there trying to figure out which one am I going to play, which one am I going to play, but I really like them both. You know, one's from a woman's perspective and one is from a male perspective. And I just couldn't decide which one, so I think that they both should be represented. So we're going to play two tracks before we get started, and then we will get to our callers and we will be right back. The first piece that I'm going to play is by the Hydropods. You can Google them there everywhere. They've got, I think, seven, eight CDs out now uh, all over YouTube. Incredible, incredible. It's the hydropods, and it's a piece called Strong Women. So here we go. We'll be right back. My sister is strong of heart and strong of mind. She stands like my mother once stood, proud and on the world. The same world I stand upon, not as proud of myself as I am of them. I speak warmly of women who endure through tenacity and sensibility, creativity and desire, power and awareness, women who persevere and stand proud and on the world. 
And I avoid women who whine, and the ones who point fingers and complain, the ones who chide and blame others for their failures, sexuality, or worldview. I prefer strong women, ones who leap barriers like real women, not like men or gazelles or bats, but with all the grace and strength of true women. And I like intelligent women, women who know how to hold their own, toe-to-toe against any man or anything that stands on this world, women with original thought and insight, because that's how I was raised. I prefer strong women, not cat-fighting women, breast-pounding bodybuilders, or cookie-cutter fashion show runway whores, or women who use men as models. Women who know history, who know men are more than a rampaging army of cyclop cocks. Women who know children are more than leverage, who know the world on which they stand and draw power from it. Women who are leaders, women who can process and comprehend, women who are great thinkers. And women who don't like me saying that are probably not that. I like women who can look you in the eye, no pretense, no false flattery, no apologies, no thanks. I've been challenged by many, topped by a few, slapped in the face by some, and shot to hell by a couple in particular, but I still like strong women, no matter what you think. I don't happen to like weak, whiny women, just as I despise weak, whiny men. I can't pretend they're worth my time. If you're a weak woman, blame me now and get it over with. Keep crawling. But if you're a woman who possesses greatness, we have nothing to worry about. You wouldn't let someone like me get in your way anyway. And when I say something good about a woman, and when I say something bad about a woman, take a good look at the woman of which I speak and judge us fairly as you stand or kneel on this earth. So I played that piece for National Women's Day, which is tomorrow, uh, because I love the male perspective of a strong woman. Um, I thought I thought that that was very clever and uniquely done, and absolutely believe 100% what he says. <laughs> but I thought it was really interesting that male perspective um, on women for Women's Day. Now I am going to play a piece by Sarah Kay called "The Type." And for me, it is the it is one of the most empowering female uh, pieces of female writing I have heard, probably among my peers um, of of our era, our decade, our not decade more than a decade, but you know our our era in history as poets. I think that this piece is capable of being that important. I think it's just beautiful, incredible. So I really wanted to play this for National Women's Day, and it's Sarah Kay, and look her up and get to know her. She's incredible, Uh, and this is called The Type. If you grow up the type of woman men want to look at, you can let them look at you. Do not mistake eyes for hands, or windows, or mirrors. Let them see what a woman looks like. They may not have ever seen one before. If you grow up the type of woman men want to touch, 
You can let them touch you. Sometimes it is not you they are reaching for. Sometimes it is a bottle, a door, a sandwich, a Pulitzer, another woman. But their hands found you first. Do not mistake yourself for a guardian or a muse or a promise or a victim or a snack. You are a woman, skin and bones, veins and nerves, hair and sweat. You are not made of metaphors not apologies, not excuses. If you grow up the type of woman men want to hold, you can let them hold you. All day, they practice keeping their bodies upright. Even after all this evolving, it still feels unnatural, still strains the muscles, holds firm the arms and spine. Only some men, will want to learn what it feels like to curl themselves into a question mark around you. Admit they do not have the answers they thought they would by now. Some men will want to hold you like the answer. You are not the answer. You are not the problem. You are not the poem or the punchline or the riddle or the joke, woman. If you grow up the type men want to love, you can let them love you. Being loved is not the same thing as loving. When you fall in love, it is discovering the ocean after years of puddle jumping. It is realizing that you have hands. It is reaching for the tightrope when the crowds have all gone home. Do not spend time wondering if you are the type of woman men will hurt. If he leaves you with a car alarm heart, you may learn to sing along. It is hard to stop loving the ocean even after it has left you gasping, salty. So forgive yourself for the decisions you have made, the ones you still call mistakes when you tuck them in at night and know this. Know you are the type of woman who is searching for a place to call yours. Let the statues crumble. You have always been the place. You are a woman who can build it yourself You were born to build. An incredible piece called The Type by Sarah Kay. Again, one of the most amazing, for me, the most amazing gut-felt pieces of female writing of our time, of our generation. it, it, when I hear it, it affects me that deeply, listening to those words. I think it is phenomenal, in my opinion. Um, yeah, I think that's an important piece of writing. Great job by her. All right, so now, guess what, poets? It is our turn to have some fun. Um, first of all, I do want to let you know, if you are a recording artist and you have a piece of 
poetry you'd like to submit to the Speakeasy Library, you can email those to me. The word that is in the email title, thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. It's thespeakeasycafe at gmail.com. Make sure you put MP3 file, uh, audio track, something like that in the subject line for me. We can get get that uploaded to the show's library and play it for the world. And be very glad to do that. So, now, if you are on hold, guys, this is what you can expect this evening. We do take callers in the order that you call in. The number to call in is 646-595-3965. That's 646-595-3965 if you'd like to call into the show and share something. We are having issues. The chat room is not opening, and if you're trying to get in, please keep poking it with a stick. We've only got a couple lines opened into the show right now, so if you're trying to call in and you're getting a fast busy, just hang tight, and uh, we will... Uh, the techs are, are getting as many of those lines open as we can. So, once again, 646-595-3965 if you're trying to call in, just keep poking it with a stick. And as the lines come open, you'll be able to jump in. All right. As it is, I've got a few of you on here. We've got uh, area code 256 is going to be our first caller tonight. So listen for your telephone area code. Once again, I do take callers in the order that you call in. When I bring you on the air, please introduce yourself. Let everyone know who you are. It's important that they know who's reading so that I don't keep getting pings saying, who is this, who is this, and I can actually listen. (laughs) I don't have to multitask because I have my undivided attention. Um, so it's real important to introduce yourself so that uh, that doesn't happen and that you're, so that your name is attached to your work. You never want to send your work out there into the world without your name accredited to it. So make sure that you do that and introduce yourself. Right now we can do, since uh, they're working on the lines, we can you can do two poems to start out with. So you can read two poems right now. If the lines open up and get too busy, then we are going to cut that back to just one. But as long as uh, you know, as, there, as long as it looks like there's going to be time to get everyone in and on, uh, we're going to leave it at two. But we reserve the right to change that. <laughs> okay. And then, uh, depending on how the lines go, uh, we may have a chance to play some more tracks for you tonight. So that will be really fun too. So we'll just see how this plays out and have some fun here together. So the next thing I want you to do when you're done reading is make sure that you give out your URL, just as important as introducing yourself. That way people can come over and get to know you and your work better before you come back here and read again next week and start doing that creative networking and socializing and inspiring and being inspired and all that good stuff. All right. So then please remember that we are a mature rated show. That means you're bound to hear just about anything on here, and you probably will, with the exception of hardcore erotica. No adult porn poems, no bumping body parts, tab A and slot B. Other than that, you guys are good to go. And, uh, yeah, let's have some poetry. I'm going to give the first three callers so you kind of know where you are calling in. We have 256, as I said, is our first caller tonight. Then we have... 216 and 832. So those are our first three callers tonight. Let's go ahead and grab 256. 256, you are on the air. Good evening, Nyla. This is Stan. Hey, Stan. How are you doing, sweetheart? I'm doing very well. How about yourself? I am doing awesome. I am doing really, really good. Wow. First caller. Wow. I know, right? <laughs> it was uh it was probably 
um, a minute into that last track when I was able to actually see colors on the board at all. So the show is on, oh, and they're wow. on my board, just nothing, and I'm going, oh, this is fun. <laughs> but they, they were telling me that I had lines open. I just couldn't see them yet. So I was I was banking on the fact that you guys were there. <laughs> oh, we're here. Good, good. Uh, so yeah, I, I can see you guys. We, I got I got control of the buttons. We're we're good. They're working on stuff, so we're having fun. So Stan, what's been inspiring for you this week, and what did you bring us? Well, I'll tell you. I'm going to put a little bit of a plug in. National Women's Day is tomorrow, and on the uh, Hurt Locker, which is both myself uh, co-hosting with uh, Holly Woods who AKA is known as Murder She Wrote, guess what the subject topic of our little broadcast is going to be? Uplifting what? women. That is awesome. You know, and so this is on the, one for the guys to kind of put their two cents in and say, oh, uplifting women, like what can we do to uplift women? That's awesome. You, yeah. Everybody go check that out. Make sure you go over there and support them. <laughs> Thank you, dear. <laughs> You're welcome. Now, you know, they're going to do it. All of Every single one of them is going to do it just because I said so. I of have course. that kind of power. You may not know that, but in my brain, I do have that kind of power. <laughs> well, I can save you except with hair. <laughs> Uh, all right, I interrupted you. What did you? What's going on with you, hon? <laughs> well, no, I just uh, we just had the uh, poetry of Spring and Brace come out. Uh, that's one group I'm a part of, and of course, the Garden of Poetry and Prose came out. And I've got two poems here, one from each. Awesome. Okay, this this one's a little bit of a, I guess a statement, and this was off of uh, a two-word prompt, and my title on this thing is Conformity Not. My words flow ungoverned to express with integrity who I am, what I believe, where I stand, not to be beige in a beige world, vanilla in a white bowl a whiskey glass of milk. I want to drive ideas, inspire imagination, instigate real debate, and at times amuse. Censorship is the cancer that attacks intelligence, infects chance of change, and denies ideals and ideas. Unconventional with pride. Never one size fits all. That is oppressive, offensive, and false. All souls are unique and matter. All voices the music of diversity. Not a soulless dirge, one note with no heart. And if I might offend, that is at least affirmation that you might be listening. And if you feel an apology is owed, I do not. But as a courtesy... I'll accept yours in peace. 
Yes, I pissed you off. I know you're listening. I love that. You know, that was an incredibly powerful piece, but there was one line in there that just absolutely jumped out, and it should be a bumper sticker. If you if you understand the enormous expanse of what this could encompass, this one sentence you wrote. What would that be? If you could fit, if you could fit everything, every meaning it could possibly have inside of a bubble, it would be a universe, this one thought. And that is initiate real debate. That oh, should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. yeah, that should be, that should be a bumper sticker. Yeah. Yes. Instigating Instigate not real, a debate. real debate. Real not debate. Not just ranting not... and raving and flag waving and finger pointing, but actual debate. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't that be refreshing? Yeah. Yeah. Powerful, powerful, powerful line. That needs to be someone go make a bumper sticker and you'll be a millionaire. And then you and I'll be sitting here saying, why did you say that out loud on the air, Nyla? I, I don't know. I'm sorry. That could have been us in Tahiti drinking martinis and whatever. Yeah. But no, we're here where we love yep. to be. Of course, we could be here in Tahiti, too. So, Ooh. you know, yeah. Yeah, I blew it. I'm sorry. <laughs> What's your second okay. piece, Stan? <laughs> well, this was actually... Uh, prompted by a quote from Chaucer and the quote was your two great eyes will slay me suddenly their beauty shakes me who was once serene straight through my heart the wound is quick and keen end quote and from that I wrote a piece called piercing in those soul clutching eyes an abyss of wonder and trance. Impossible not to stare transfixed, though tried to merely glance. A depth within them so profound, her body and hair barely seen at all. A sensuous siren of infinite charms, my soul's feeling rush forth in free fall. She moves as if fluid in easy grace. I gaze at the swaying saunter of her hips. Her hair a cascade of wildfire tresses. Soft petal rose dew moist her lips. Feel my steadfast reserve slipping fast. Then back into those eyes I peer. My heart open to the honed edge of her whims. I await my fate as she nears. In peace. Amazing. That was that was almost Oh, what do I want to call it? Um, like, like written, written from the Romance era. The, the sound yes. of the language, the way the language was what to put together. The the whole the, the ambiance and flavor, and smell and aroma and and you know all those other words I could think of to try to describe what I'm saying. So that you understand. <laughs> I do understand. And it has, oh, I've got to admit it, that, that, that incredible quote from Chaucer, mm-hmm. that really triggered it. That did. And that mm-hmm. flow of words in it. That, uh, that oh, wow. I yeah, can that see was why beautifully Titus, written. I can see why Titus Llewellyn 
is so enamored and has mastered this form of poetry, this beautiful older style and flow. It 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 mm-hmm. is it's amazing. Mhm. Yeah, I I really see a lot of people. I think that rap music really helped push the push the trend back towards more formal poetry writings because of the beat and the flow that has to be there to do it. I think that was kind of a catalyst to a mind flow that went back to, you know, not just a written word and a song, but now all of a sudden it was like the two had a train wreck, and that's what you had with rap, you know. And Mm -hmm. then all of a sudden the importance of the sound of a word in the placement of the sentence became more important than freestyle. You know, in that, in that, so I, I really see a trend going back to the flow, the words, the form, the sound. You know, than our forefathers, you know, the our our poetic fathers from the '60s. You know, who just totally yeah. abolished it. Um, uh, as as a general rule, didn't kill it, but just you know, really, really took a trend away from it. You know, in the in the Ginsburg type style of poetry and and because that's definitely not Shakespearean. Um, <laughs> you know what I'm trying to say, so we'll just say that. Right. But yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I agree. Yes, that's what I was trying to say. I agree. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I agree um, with your flow of thought. I do. <laughs> you know. All right. So, what are you doing tonight? What do you you want to hang out for a little bit? Sure. Yeah. I'm here. Cool. All right. So, since we don't have lines opened up yet, I'm probably going to be playing. Oh, and I just got my first person in chat. Moon Cookie was able to get into chat. That too. If you're trying to get into the chat, just keep refreshing your page, poking it with a stick. It'll let you into the chat room eventually. And same thing if you're trying to call in right now and you're not able to get in, you're hearing that that fast, busy signal, just hang up and keep trying to dial back, and, and it will let you in eventually. They are working on getting those lines up. All right, so we are going to go ahead and bring on area code 216 to the air with us. Dan, 216, are you there? Yes, I'm here. Hey, Mama, Mama how are yeah. you? Hey, you got Stan the man with you. All right. This is going to be good. Uh-huh. Now, <clears throat> it's women's month, and I got so many different things pulled up. I don't know what to read. So, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to, I was just trying to find a poem about my daughter. I'm going to pass on that one. It's called I a Poem because I can't seem to find it. But it's a funny thing about uh, Google. You go to Google and put your name in, and all kind of stuff comes up. And he got me listed on, on here as uh, writing undermining. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even know that. I didn't even know that was a category. <laughs> <laughs> it is so, now. I know. So since Google got me as an undermining poet. Uh, I'm going to out, read this undermining poem called, uh, what is the name of it? Light Years, okay. And then I'm going to do a piece. I call on it after this. Light Years. 
Some advance before their time. They shine so bright they seem to blind. Those who undermine can never see unless they change their frequency. Dull minds can never understand the brilliance of a futuristic man. Every generation has something to say, yet few will recognize your worth on earth, especially if you're light years away. But go ahead, say it anyway. Even if most are unable to agree, when the world catches up and is awed by your shine, the future will read writing from your wisdom divine. Keep in mind, you are ahead of your time. So if the world to which you've been assigned does not with your thoughts agree, have faith in the future's passionate child who will become your disciple posthumously. Indeed. Wow. I love that rhyme. I love the message in it. And the way Mama always presents it, you can't help but listen. You just can't help it. (laughs) Thank you. Oh, man, this is so beautiful. Thank you. So this is um, a piece um, by my favorite poet, Paula Dunbar, and I wanted to perform it on here. I don't know if I have before, but I hope Nyla can pull it out for me because I would like to have it uh, separate from the show if she can do that for me. I'm going to play... Marion Williams, who is my favorite singer, Dead or Alive, Dead or Alive, and then I'm going to um, recite Paula Dunbar's poem called When Melinda Sings. And if anybody wants to get more familiar with Paula Dunbar, um, I would suggest that um, they go to um, my page called More About Paul on Facebook. Okay, again, this is called When Melinda Sings. And he wrote this between 1872 and 1906. So that's when he was born, that's when he died. <laughs> so it had to be between those. That's the dash between <laughs> When Melinda Sings. Get away and quit that noise, Miss Lucy. Put that music book away. You can't start no notes to fly Like the ones that wrap the ring From the kitchen to the big woods When Melinda sings I said, you ain't got the natural organ But to make the sound come right you ain't got the times and friction, but you make it sweet and light. Sweet. I tell you one thing now, Miss Lucy, and I'm telling you the truth. When it comes to wild right singing, it ain't no easy thing to do. 
mind you die when there ain't no one sensitive and the tune comes out. Fuck. Oh, I mean, melodious music. That strikes your mind. That's the thing. Through the breath 
of angels' wings. Soft and sweet, swing low, sweet chariot. figure out a way to help you record that, Mama, where the music isn't so loud. There were parts of that where she overpowered you so much that I missed <laughs> some of what you were saying. <laughs> you, you were in competition with a fine set of lungs there. You know that. But what I heard, the parts that I was able to make out was amazing. And he is such a phenomenal writer. That uh, you know, if we need to set up a, we need to figure out a way to set it up so that we can record that, but not have the music bed so loud for you. Well, she um, she was one of the greatest singers. Her and Minnie Riperton. I don't think anybody else would really get those notes, but she didn't get her just due, and so it needed to be Paul, and neither do I. So us three, we need to be recorded each other. So when you can do it, we can do it again, separately, alone, or whatever. But I do want to record that. Yeah. Thank you very much. Thank you. You are very welcome, Mama. Appreciate you so much, honey. Tell everyone how to find you before you take off. Okay. Before I take off my jet and before I reach the sky, I just want to know... um, where I can be weak. So let me ask the universe. Universe, where can I be reached? I can be reached on Poetry Soup. I can be reached on Blog Talk Radio, 7 o'clock Thursday, on Nightly Show. I can be reached on Facebook. And other than that, I'm like, dang, wow. Can't tell you. What I Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why did you just remind me of Charles C.B. Banks there? Because I was acting silly. It was so cute. <laughs> you <laughs> made him proud. <laughs> yeah, because he used to get on my nerves. He used to get on my nerves, but I started really appreciate his humor. Anyway, I was just acting silly because sometimes I get too carried away into when I, when I get into I love that it. mode. <laughs> And thank you, Stan, for always loving me and giving me such encouragement. You know, I love you guys both. And, uh, well, I don't know how much longer I'm going to be here to do things to y'all, but you got me for 10 years, you know, and it's not ever so. So you think just about I've ever done to be somewhere in your archives. <laughs> That's true, huh? 
it's hard when you realize how many years it's actually been. You know? That's a long mm-hmm. time. That's longer than most marriages. Yeah. Yeah. Sure. You've been a wonderful doer. Okay, let me go. Uh-huh. Well, I start. I can tell you All right. Love you, Mama. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, honey. All right. <laughs> Our next caller comes from area code eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> Hello, Blue. Hey, Lynn, uh, how, are you? how are you, sweetheart? I'm all right. Talking, walking and talking, I guess. That is awesome. We're here with Stan tonight. He's hanging out with me. I'm glad you were able to make hey, it Mr. on. Hey, Mr. Stan. Yeah, you know, well, I try. It's, uh, it's, uh, sometimes I wonder if, Wait a minute. you know, the... Huh? Where did Stan go? I don't have Stan on with me. What was Stan's area know. code? It was 256. Uh, 256. Five, two, five, Hello! Are you back? <laughs> yeah, my phone dropped. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> it was a choice. Hey, Stan. Aiming it toward the nearest window. Yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm glad you're back. I'm glad you're back. Hey, I've got to say it. Having her read Dunbar is fantastic, because that's how I got introduced to that poet is through through Mama. Mm-hmm. But that was an incredible singer. I mean, to be that much gospel but then be able to take that thing into a register that was almost like pure operatic. That was amazing. You know, it made the, it made your, the hair on your arms stand up to hear it. I know. What a range. Yeah. And it's good to hear from you, Mr. Spencer Blue. Hey, how you doing, Stan? <laughs> hey, a day at a time. I hear you, bro. But all I'm doing right now. So what's going on, Blue? Blue? Well, actually, a couple of things that are kind of interesting. I don't know how far it'll get or anything, but uh, a friend of mine uh, clued me into a uh, an app that you can use to uh, record uh, podcasts with, and so I've got uh, a podcast now on. Uh, Oh, uh, where is it? Uh, on Apple Podcast. It's on Google uh, Podcast and uh, Spotify and uh, about five other ones. Uh, Pocket uh, Pocket Cast and Breaker. It's kind of cool. I mean, it's I mean, it's just audio. I mean, it's nothing. You know, it's nothing fancy. But you know, I mean, it's kind of cool just being out there like that. Yeah. And. Um, you know, it's uh, I put it under the name, or I should say, I put it under the uh, uh, title for the, the the podcast itself is Red Earth One, and uh, our yeah, it's kind of funny. I didn't even actually think about it until afterward, but I kept you know for for just for purposes of of you know putting it together, I capitalized the R, the E, and the O. It's like oh, R E O. That'll work. Well, you know. Yeah, you know, like I said, like I said, I didn't even think about it until afterward. But it's like, okay, <laughs> one of my one of the groups I grew up with. <laughs> yeah. 
So, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool. It's like I said, it's out there, and it's uh, right now they have just two of the two of the four uh, works that are, have actually, uh, I guess, passed through the muster, so to speak. Um, that are you know that are the ones that are actually showing when you when you hit that on uh, any one of those podcast uh, apps. Um, but but it's out there, and I'm like I say, I would, I'm basically I'm just going to let it roll now because I've got four pieces on there, and I just want to see what kind of uh, interest it generates. And then they also have a way that you can activate sponsorship and actually uh, get paid for your podcast. But that you know, cause again, I'm I'm waiting on that until I see what actually happens because you know, I mean, hey, if it doesn't go very far, then at least I you know had a an easy way of putting some things out there. And, Maybe got him a little further. Who knows? Yeah. But, um, yeah, you know, like I said, it's, it's a cool little thing. And um, so, anyway, uh, this is, I don't have a real name for this one yet. Um, I not really got that far with it. Um, it's cool, though. It's nice, piece. Um, so, here it is. Uh Central focal fire, flames of ancient eyes, boy, Wawonska, my ba, ageless wise, dreamstones of first maker, oh, they will speak for us. Yes, let it be so. Ceremony, steam, breath, mist, rattle, shake, the great. Mysteries of the great mystery. Midtime, the molded night. Shadow images. Fire speech. Grandfather has come. Siegel. Baba. I am number four. Doba Migaki. Yes, it is a sacred number. Wetroninda. I am seen in the night sky, Geta, clean, clear. I am ready. Spill the bones, connect the dots, prophecy, prophetic gambles, a gamble into the first forest. First maker in evidence everywhere. Listen, can you hear creation groaning? Blue, black, we are smooth in our shadow form. Dream stones, ancient before time, someone's calling. Hard rain scars, face from eyes down. Face paint pigment for grace. A shelter for thoughts. Grandfather will speak of that later. Oh, it is the rhythm of the night. Nocturnal winds, shifting light. Rising like the moon. Shine. Shot silver shafts. Sifted free from that deep place from within. Secreted. Flame, unfolded shape, brings forth a name. There is no sound for it. The morph continues, 
spirit, fire, light, the dance of days, Honba. The shed of old skin as of an old snake. Or the aftermath of a fever. Judagate. Clean heat. Second sight. Night after life. Life after the approach of sudden darkness. Shabby. Ancient shapes of stone. It is what we have become. Morph. And we are numbered in fours. It is a sacred number. And we are ready. Dob. And peace. Stan? I, I just love to listen to this man read. I really do. Man. Thank you. No, thank you. I absolutely agree. You know, Soldier Blue, I know that you put a lot of time and a lot of heart and effort being able to correctly interject your native language in there. Um, you know, I did. I know you did a lot of studying. I know that that language and its uh, preservation is really important to you. You know, and I always talk to you a lot about the con- you know the 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 content of your poem, the things re- that you write about, the social issues that you do, all that. But I just want to tell you, I want to talk to you a little bit about that real quick, and just tell you that it really is amazing, and adds something. You know, I I don't know if you understand how powerful what being able to switch back and forth between languages, how powerful that is in your writing. You know, but but it may it it makes it 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 gives it its own heartbeat. And and you just do it amazingly and effort, effortlessly. You know, it's not like when you listen to you know a lot of times when you listen to poems that try to do that, it's very contrived. It's very predictable. You know, but the things that you pick up on, you know, and and repeat sometimes are, you know, the 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 nail, that concrete, boom. You know, and sometimes it's the little tiny thought that if you, you know, hiccuped or looked sideways, you'd miss the importance of. You know, it's just yeah. it's just this natural flow that you're able to do, that makes it. Like even if you don't know what you're saying, we know what you're saying, even though we know you're in. Interpreting. Does that make sense? It made sense in my mind. Oh no, that, yeah, yeah. Oh sure, <laughs> that, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I'll tell you where that comes from for me anyway, too. I mean, in, in part, I mean, obviously, I, I, you know, have to internalize and uh, customize things as I go along to, to make it in or bring it to a place where I can use it. Um, but I've heard people, you know, and and you know, in, even just in you know more uh, widely known languages, you know, they'll 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 speak a a piece in, uh, you know, say for instance in Italian, and they'll, you know, they'll try to do one verse and then they'll then they'll repeat it in English. And to me, I'm sorry, you know, I mean, I I understand what they're trying to do and I and I appreciate it, but at the same time, to me, it's just freaking boring, to be honest. I and mean, I, you, I, I, all, I don't. You know, listening, it's almost like you use it as you use the switch between the two as punctuation for thought. 
You know, you you switch right when you want something to really sink in for the listener. You know, even that when you just do the uh, you know, it, that that yeah. one little sound has such a powerful impact on what your brain is doing while you're listening. You know, it's like it's like the switches are punctuation that that absolutely bring what you write to life. I call it braiding the words. Yeah. That's Not what cute you do. I think what I like best about the fact that you use the native tongue is what it does. It clearly defines content, context, and intent. It really does. I mean, even if I don't understand the words, what I get from the rest of the content of the poem gives me an idea of what you're saying. But that sets a specific perspective and that that really makes the piece it really does uh, thank you for that I, I, actually, I, mean, I, I really, I'm, I'm interrupting you shush I think it's really interesting no, when because <laughs> I'll forget soldier blue I know you I've known you long enough I know. to do that um, <laughs> it's like when you when you you'll say something in native tongue and then you turn around and you will translate it literally you know, you don't try to translate it in a ways, that, you know, and I, there was an example of it that stood out really strong in this piece, and I wish the heck I could remember what it was, but I don't. I apologize for that, what the exact wording was. But, you know, it was a little, literal translate, translation, and in saying that, you know, it was like you were really saying, you know, things are this simple that, you know, we didn't even have a word that could, you know, explain your bullshit. It just means this. You know, you know how twisted up. You know you've made this word. It's really just as simple as this, and and so you'll you'll give a little literal translation, and it's just it's really amazing if someone sits down and actually just listens to the rhythm of the way you use the the switch between words, how you use that as an absolute roadmap of what you want the reader's mind to do. You have control from the beginning to the end of your piece through doing all of that. Okay, I'm done. Okay. Uh, and, no, and I'll, and I'll just add <laughs> on to that and just in saying that, it, that to me it is very important to not, uh, I guess you could say, uh, fancify what what the meaning of the, the native uh, language is to, because it is what, it, you know, there are there is a reason for the, for uh, well, I, I got well, let me put that back in my perspective. It is, there is a reason for me, when I'm listening to my people's language, even just coming out of my mouth, and I hear those words, then they roll with an echo. I can't. I can't. I'm. I'm not here to deviate that. I, I'm not going to. I'm not going to, you know, take it off on a tangent. Yeah, I am going to say it, you know, the way that it was meant to be said. And 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 more times that than not. Even if it's you know just within the text of you know the the language uh, speaking uh, being spoken, it is you know, in terms of you know just a, an explanation of or or the the imagery of. Uh, to me, it is in, in in a very real sense. It is well, we how we think of a prayer, and, and that is to say that we call it sending a voice, and and that's what I do. I, I send my voice. Yes, and. Another thing about it being in that language, that's the thing about that language. 
it's unlike English, which I'm going to say this, and I know this probably some people disagree with it. Having it done the way you do it, it's not being bastardized by euphemisms and semantics. It's real, honest, straightforward speech. No doubt. I try to keep it there. I don't. You know, again, I don't try to. Don't try to give it. Give it that deviation. No. All right, Soldier Blue. Give me a favor. Tell everybody. Oh, you have a second one to read. Do you? That was just the one. Oh, I can. Yeah. I can do just don't make this. Don't make this one real long because we've talked a lot. I do. Okay. That. No. 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 That's that's fine. I um. I, 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 um. Okay. Find a, a shorter uh, one, huh? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what can I tell you? I get yeah. lost now, in I my own stuff. I can see the perspiration on the upper lip. Um, 
Always a pleasure to be here. And good to good to be able to conversate with you, Stan, with Mr. Stan. Oh, good to talk to you too, Soldier Blue. I always enjoy it when you come on and read. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. No, I love it when my kids play nice. (laughs) 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 All right, Soldier Blue. Great job tonight, honey. We will see you next week, right? Yes, indeed. All right. Every day. We'll talk to you then, honey. Yes, ma'am. Thank you for the platform. I appreciate it, Ms. Nyla. Thank you for sharing. Thank you. All right. Our next caller comes from area code 219. 219, you are on the air. Hey, Brother O. How are you, honey? I'm good. Good, good. Good to hear you, Brother O. How you doing? I'm doing good. So what do you have for us tonight, sweetheart? Uh, this is uh it's my birthday is a couple couple of days from now I wrote this poem called Thirty Forty Four Brother O's here to get double for all of my struggles and troubles. Mike is yours. I did, brothers and sisters. On this Saturday, March 9th, 2019, yours truly, Brother Old River Medical Professor of Poetry, will officially begin the 44th chapter of my life. It's truly a blessing to have the opportunity to celebrate another birthday because the thing is, the people didn't make it. I'm very thankful that I'm still alive and thriving. And every experience that has happened in my life has only strengthened my resolve to live the blessed life. No, I'm not a senior citizen yet, nor am I suffering a midlife crisis, nor am I suffering from memory loss. I'm sharper than ever now. As I gain a greater perspective of my life, my levels of wisdom and maturity have been upgraded tremendously since I've turned 40. And I have put away all my childish ways and my foolish behavior. I still look young for a brother that's little 40. I still got that charm, sex appeal, and grown man swagger. My mother once told me, the longer I live, the more women will be looking in my direction. And you know what? She was exactly right. Now I got the other women trying to approach and talk to me now. If it was God's divine plan, I'm going to end up in a relationship with a younger woman this year. Because at this stage in my life, I need keep my father you flowing. I need to realize that it's time for this for this uh form of playboy to settle down and to re energize and reunite myself just to keep up keep up with her. She 
being a middle-aged brother has its advantages and perks. According to my strong family gene, longevity is on my side. And my intentions are that I live the majority of my family, friends, and classmates and continue to perform and write poetry well into my 70s, 80s, and maybe my 90s. I'm that real bottle of wine, which never loses its taste or goes out of style because I, brother O, always get better with time. The number 44 symbolizes the double portion blessing. And after all I've gone through in my life, I expect God to give me back double for every one of my struggles and troubles. Now, if you add the four together, it comes out to eight, which symbolizes greater beginnings. The 2019 is my year to receive blessings that are way overdue to get prayers answered for many years ago. And to see the true love, recognition, and appreciation I deserve for being a blessing to thousands of people. So, my dear brothers and sisters, can you do me one little favor? Shout me with your sincere love and appreciation for me by placing a birthday wish on my Facebook page and by a call or text will do just as well. And if you want to bless me with gifts, I'm accepting them all month long in poem. <laughs> when is your birthday? Saturday. Saturday. Well, happy birthday ahead of time. So are you ready? You. Here we go. Yes. Happy birthday happy to birthday. you. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, brother O. Happy birthday to you. Man, you and I suck as a duo. Yes, I You know, I think that you and I by ourselves would sound fine, but you and I together lets everybody know how off key you and I really sing. <laughs> Brother O, I am so sorry for that, but we love you. <laughs> that was awesome. That was the best. <laughs> you know, and and I hope to heck that we are uh, answering the phone lines and saying, you know, area code two one nine, Brother O, when you are ninety. That would be incredible. That would be too cool. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Happy birthday. Thank you. Was that was that enough showering of love and stuff? <laughs> Brother O. Yeah, I'll see that now. Go ahead. <laughs> I said, was that enough showering of love, or do I need to keep going? No, no, you, yeah, yeah, that was good. That was really okay, good. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I love you, honey. <laughs> oh, happy you. birthday to you. Thanks. Happy birthday, Brother Rose. Many, many more. Thank you. Awesome. All right, we'll talk to you next week. And tell everyone how to find you. 
Ladies and gentlemen, I just, if you're not uh, familiar with me on on uh, at all, just find me in, on Facebook under the name of my brother O'Gavin. As always, thank you for your continuous support. Oh, thank you, honey. Thank you. And we will talk to you next week, all righty? Thank you. Thanks, hon. All right. Okay, our next caller comes from area code 5. We have 540 and then 9. 540, then 919. All right. 540, you're on the air. Hey, how you doing, Alan? How you doing? Stand the man. Stand the man with the plan. <laughs> oh, I have a plan? <laughs> yeah. Stand the man with the plan. Hi, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is Miss Automatic Charismatic. Hey, sweetie. Hey, I spit lyrical venom. Um, and uh. I, I'm loving it. I'm loving this show. Um, so, you know, I, I I didn't forget the homework. It just, uh, they kind of overwhelmed with some stuff. Uh, homework doesn't on. have, homework doesn't have a time limit. You, that's just, that's oh, okay. just, when, when you get to it, you get to it. I won't put you in the corner, I promise. Oh, I thought you were going to put me in timeout. <laughs> no, no, no. There's, I'm, I'm not the bad teacher. I'm the cool teacher that says, eh, do it when you do it. There you go. Okay. I bet you the dad's happy with that. He's tired of eating it. <laughs> uh, I, I, was, I was always tired of, uh, uh, I was like the teacher that uh, put me in the corner and got a paddle and beat me. <laughs> That's a completely wow. different type of poem. I think I've got a poem like that, but I can't read it on this show. <laughs> yeah, uh, you know. I'm now you're wondering if I really do, piece. aren't you? You guys are both wondering if I really do, huh? No, I had a that he drilled holes in to make sure there was no wind resistance, and he titled it. The Board of Education. I know. <laughs> Wait a minute. You get all. Oh, you get spankings? Oh, man, yeah. yeah the Board of Education. Now, that's a, that, would, that, would be, that would be an erotic poem. Yeah. Ooh-wee. <laughs> all right. Golly. I don't know what I just did. But right. I don't, I'm not sure if I should have. Well, what you, you bring for us tonight, you dear? That, <laughs> uh, you know, I was, you know, uh, I had this poem, and uh, I don't know, I was just thinking about Native Americans, right? Uh, Native um, Amer- Americans. Mm-hmm. And uh, I've always been intrigued with their culture, with the peace pipe and the, uh, the, the, uh, the and, you know, I go to war and put the pain on their face, and they started all that first. So, I'm gonna do a freestyle called War Dance. When you, when you're ready. <laughs> 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 
Please, Mike, ready when you hear. Yep. All right. Hey, would you take that chance? Hey, go and do that dance? Hey, everything all right? Hey, we're going down tonight? Hey, let's do a war dance. Do a war dance. Do a war dance. Hey, hey, do a war dance. Do a war dance. Hey, hey, come out and do a war dance. It's another day in life, another day with pride. You'll never be denied. Just going outside. And people with, with the Indians coming with together. And every day is love, just loving one another. We about to go down, just going down tonight. It's just that powwow, you know, that insight. That Indian love, that Indian justified, and everybody's kicking it so qualified. Now, do you want to get down to the war dance? Do you do a war dance? Hey, hey, do a war dance, do a war dance. Hey, do a war dance, do a war dance now. Everybody go ahead, do a war dance. Indians are doing it. Everything pursuing it, never ever losing it, just start to cruising it, going down real brief, talking to the chief, everything's unique, never could be weak, words that I speak, everything take a leak, moving to the side, going down provide, capture the inside, everything going to ride, no distraction, or everything going to make it happen, can you imagine? All the the passion, everything when you make the seatbelt fasten. War dance is going on, doing that powwow. To tell me how you like, how you like that now. We going dancing, everything going right. Hey, do a war dance, do a do a war dance. Hey, do a war dance, do a do a war dance. Hey, do a war dance. Yes, it's a penetration. Everything with checking the situation. Everything is so loud, just so so proud. You do that war dance right in the middle. It's so critical to all the individuals. They just love to smile. It's so worthwhile. It's going in style. Now check that profile. That Indian Indian name. That Native American. So play it back again. Everything is like the friends. We're going to move again with that peace peace pipe and everything. Going to do it all night. Do a war dance, Miss Automatic Charismatic. The lyrical engine. Ten years in, I'm all in. Vibrant drive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. Oh man. <laughs> I I never I I can never get over that. Somebody just letting it flow right it right in the moment. I love that. I love it. I love listening to you. I love listening to legendary. I just love this. Guys, I, I could never I can't do that. People? I know you keep oh, saying man. I can, but I can't. I don't. I haven't. I yet. You know what? You know what your gift is? Anala. What's that? Your gift is being Mm-mm. so bad. <laughs> you're a good girl, but you so you know you're a good girl with a bad side. 
<laughs> yeah, I heard your poetry, so I know you got the bad side. You know, what's really funny is if we had a break in calls, I was going to actually play one of my erotica pieces that everyone thinks erotica. It's not really erotica. I mean, it is erotica, but it's not erotica. The The poem itself is not about being erotic. It's about, and I was going to play it for National Women's Day because it's about a woman having a voice, you know, and, and not hiding behind cliches and, you know, things she's supposed to be. So I was going to play that. Now I don't know if I can. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to oh, find you know, something well, you else. Can go ahead and be the good. You can go ahead and be the good girl. You know, be you don't want. Yeah. You know, the bad girl can take a day off, take a night off, <laughs> and then she'll come back. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Okay, you so know, what are we doing now? A bad girl. I'm not a bad girl. It's just a, it's just a poem. Just a poem. Bad girl, bad girl. What you gonna do? What you gonna do when the night's on you? <laughs> oh boy. Yeah, it's so not getting played now. I was feeling brave, and it's just not gonna happen. Forget it. <laughs> you wanna know? I wonder if I could find it. Give me a second. We're gonna, we're gonna. I have to see if I can find something. Just hold on. Read your second poem, and I'm gonna look for this. All right, I'm gonna do a second poem. All right. Me, you are in the deepest love of the deepest expression. Every day of the life, because I need to make that connection. Beautiful heart, mind can never compare of the love that I truly want to take you there. You are my words of my hemisphere and everything of the love that I love to share. You see, you are the one of my moment of the greatest love of a guidance of a natural. You are the love of deep and the reflection is in this daily heat. I couldn't love another woman but you and the love that I have for the value. There's no limitations, just different situations. And this love is, is something that's rock solid. And you are the woman that go ahead and give me knowledge. I penetrate through with my point of view. And I gave you love that is something that it felt new. Because every time when I love you. It's like loving you for the first time. So it's like my words were bound to shine. I need your smile. Just to go ahead and take a line. When you start crying, there's no denying that I felt like I need to hold you so to understand the pain and the suffering. Yes, I want to hear what you have to say with no delay. Because these be our problems that need to go away. Because I'm with you. And a hundred event, a hundred percent in any event. Yes, it's part of my nature. Your love is so greater. And a follow-up, another day, another question, another investment. It's another lesson. I'm learning from you. I'm learning to what makes you smile. I'm learning 
what makes you just feel like everything is okay, everything is just right. But in this day, I feel like I just need to love you for the rest of my life. Mr. Automatic Charismatic Delivery Engine, vibrate and drive. Uh, ten kids in, I'm all in. Viper and drive. There you that go. was beautiful. That was. Okay, so are you guys ready? No, but go ahead. I, I'm, go, I'm yeah. going to read you. I'm going to read you my erotic poem since you guys made such a big deal out of it. Yes, I'm ready. Yes. yes but I not am. the one Hell that yes. I was talking about. I'm reading you a different one. Oh. 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 Okay. All right. Oh, man. <laughs> so if you want to know what's really erotic to a woman, okay? Oh. <laughs> this is this is this is my 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 women's erotic poem. Whatever. Anyway, so this is this actually is on my website. It was published in long long time, probably 2010, in uh, Poetry Quarterly, which you always have to mention if something's been published. By the way, I'm not tooting a horn. It's just you have to do that when something's published. You have to acknowledge that it's part of your agreement with the journal. Anyway, so yeah, go check out Poetry Quarterly. Great publication. Anyway, so this is called. You ready? You ready, boys? Ready. This is called Your Sexiest Body Part. Anyone can turn on your body, but what I really want is to give a heart onto your brain, to stimulate your mind and engage you in in the seductive foreplay of new ideas, to tantalize your thoughts. I want to give you multiple climactic conversations. I want to leave you reeling, intelligence-exhausted, mental curiosity spent. I want to see you intellectually sprawled out in the afterglow of knowledge fulfillment. Now that would be damned sexy. There you go. Wow. So so you want to be sexy? You want to get into a girl's pants? Get in her head. Well, you know, that's why, that's, this is why you, know, you always that, see nerds with pretty you. girls. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to tell you something. Your brain, I that's your sexiest you. body part. Yeah. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. You, you know what? I agree because, uh, you know, I got, I feel like I got to put some data, a database up in our brains so I can go ahead and get rid of the moment. I mean, you know, the moment of, of, of more smiles, you know. Her her, her brain is like my computer chip. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All men have to do is remember that women are the exact opposite of men. So a guy will tell well, you, "I met this gorgeous thing. girl." A guy will tell you, "I met this gorgeous girl, and we hooked up." And uh, you know, she's just incredible. But, you know, we've been going out for a while, but she's, she's just as dumb as a box of rocks. You know, I, there, there's nothing to talk about. I'm going to dump her. So that's what a guy will tell you. A guy will say, I met this gorgeous girl and hooked up. But she's, you know, she doesn't keep my interest now, so I'm going to dump her. Where a woman would say, uh, <laughs> I met the most smartest man. He was amazing. We hooked up, and he was horrible in bed. i got to dump him. So the women go for yeah. the brain first, where the men go for the looks first. It's the truth. That's the honest God truth. It's just the backwards with men and women. M- women well, are mental 
They are stimulated mentally. Men are stimulated visually. That's human nature. So just remember that, guys, when you're trying to impress a girl, go after her brain. You know what? I I, I tell you, I do go after the brain. See, when when you take over a woman's mind, you got everything you want. You got, you got, you got, I don't know if you take over the verb is, is the word I would no, use here. <laughs> when I've you taken over her brain. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, you know it's, so, it's almost like a pinky in the brain. This Why show's is going downhill really fast. Uh, I'm sorry, <laughs> women, this is not your show. Women's Day is tomorrow. Don't listen tonight, okay? <laughs> like we totally fucked this one up. <laughs> it's almost like picky in the brain. I ain't going to lie. You know, I'm going to get a woman's I'm going to try to get a woman's mind. Of course, that's what I want. It's you. I can't, mm-hmm. You can't get nothing if you can't get a mind. You can't, it's almost like you're trying to get, before you can get dinner, you got to get breakfast, lunch, and then, <laughs> well, you might, you might get dessert. I'm going to say you might get dessert. If you're real good with the mind, you're going to get the whole shebang. You're going to get that, uh, uh, the greatest meal you ever had in your life. <laughs> we got to quit while you're ahead. I'm going to save you from yourself now <laughs> and ask you how we can find you. <laughs> well, my goodness. I'm bringing Viper. I'm bringing Viper back. Uh, Viper <laughs> Network. I have a website, uh, and um, which is a www.monbossdynasty.wordpress.com. I'm on the uh Go ahead and create that. Um, you can find me at Larry Shepard. You can find me at www.viperempire.wordpress.com. I have done uh, pages for um, Looking Glass. I no longer do that, but you can find some information over here at www.lookingglass.entertainment.wordpress.com. I'm on uh, Instagram, Instagram. Instagram to start instigating. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, uh, Larry. <laughs> well, congratulations. Yeah, you, you actually instigated you know a real debate. You can find me in knowledge mind. You can find me in her mind. Because okay. right now I'm working the controls and trying to see what <laughs> Larry, we'll see you next week, my love. <laughs> all right, all right, darling. All right, thanks, baby. Great job tonight. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh, too much fun. All right, all right, all right. Let's see if we can pull ourselves back into some semblance of professionalism here. (laughs) What? What's that? Our next caller comes from area code 919. 919, you're on the air. Yes, good evening. Good evening. Yeah, I've been having a lot of fun. Hello, Granville. How are you? Granville, how are you? 
Yes, Stanley, I'm good, I'm good. And Nyla, I am good, great, and happy to be here. We are very happy to have you here, sir. Welcome. Thank you, thank you. I was thinking about doing a couple of poems from my second book. Okay. A couple of Nothing like Granville to bring your feet back to the ground gracefully, right? Yes. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. All right, go ahead, I, honey. Yes, ma'am. Yes. This piece I'm going to do for you is short. It's called Charge. Today I pledge to live as hard as I can. To give it my all and then some. As today, I might die. So onward, forward, then my cry. Do it. Just do it. Life. Live hard, my friends. For debt, joy, nigh. Thank you. Thank you. I wow. love that piece. You know, I always that say, Granville, that when I when I finally go, when it's my turn to die, that you know, as I as I slide into home plate, as I get to that home gate, you know, and I don't know who's going to be sitting there waiting for me, and I don't know who really is going to be on the other side. But when I get there, and I slide into home base like that, I am going to be so battered and bruised and bandaged that I'm never going to be able to make it to the hereafter because as I sit and talk to the gatekeeper about how incredibly and amazing and strange and fascinating and messy my life was, we'll be talking forever, and I'll never get through. <laughs> you know, and that's what that piece made me think about was live hard. You know, I don't, I don't want... To slide into home base with my my dress not mussy. You know, I was talking. That is the strength of a woman right there, and the determination, and the resolution of a woman. I was talking to my friend, and she said to me, she says, she says, I want to live till I'm done, till I'm done, nothing more, nothing, nothing left. You know, she just wants to be done with. She, when she old, she want to be like, rugged out, done out. I'm thinking like, I, I said to her, I said, that is what scares me about women. You know, and, and, and that's what I tell men all the time. If, if you don't have some kind of fear for women, and you don't, then you don't respect them. You know, if you respect a woman... You 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 will have some kind of I want to say I mean like you have reverence you know you have to have reverence because anything that you're going to undertake that's worth something you have to address it respectfully and carefully. Two big entities cannot merge. Without proper uh, legislation and, and regulation, and the deal must be worked out because it's too vast entities, and to, for it to work, 
we got to get it right and we have to come at it with with good intention. And and you will have taught us that woman, that women are less. And I was a very, very young man when I found, my, my first relationship, I found out that that was a lie. Big lie. Man. Yeah, I, I ain't a fool. You know, I, one thing I know about life, learn to respect your betters. You will learn a lot that way. You know, so I, I respect my betters. And, hey, I respect my mother. And anybody who can, who, who can carry a human being inside them deserves my respect. Amen. Definitely. Yeah. Amen, my brother. Amen. Ah, uh, yes. Okay, this one is called Cowardice. In this world of men, where cowardice abounds and emulation our greatest ally, most are glad to live a life that mirrors their peers for rhyme rather than reason. They don't mind being a fool if they are not alone, taking comfort in numbers. I, too, am losing the fight of folly, but I'll be damned if I will concede and find comfort in mass confusion. Thank you. Thank you very much. Wow. That was two very powerful brevity poems. They were outstanding. Thank you, you, Stan. Thank you. Thank you. You said a lot in a very short piece. Yeah, yes, yes, yes. Thank you. And, And I don't think I don't. Th- I think that's the first time I've ever read them. I believe this, it is. This, yeah, yeah, yeah. This, this book is my second book, Poetry of a Thought, Volume Two. I put out in two thousand seven. You can get it on Amazon. Poetry of a Thought, Volume Two. Okay. Yeah, and I really appreciate the feedback on those poems because you know, you know, when you write a poem. It is the audience that gives life to it, you know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. yeah I yeah. say that all the time. You know, you can show a photograph of a, a completely dark room, and the windows open, or the door at one end of the, the room is open, and there's some a, a stream of lights coming through. But the rest of the church is completely black, except for that one little open door and that one little sliver of light. And that picture is going to mean something completely different to an abused woman than it would be to a mother who just sent her daughter off to college. You know, it's all in the perspective of the person viewing or seeing your art, how they perceive it. It's what's inside their computer chip that allows them to decipher, so you never know what someone's going to take from it, you know. That's why exactly. I think when you write yeah. a really emotional piece, you know it's yes. a good one when it can be universal, too. Yeah. Yeah, and okay. you know, and we want to work, yeah, we, we want to touch people when we write. That's why that's why we do what we do. We're looking for it is indeed. We're looking for relativity, you know. Yes. Yeah. 
Okay, I'm gonna do I'm gonna do this last one too. It's a, it's on the short side. This one is called fear. What does it matter how far ahead you can see? One can only reach as far as he could go. The premeditation, the anxieties of life, the fear of the unknown, destiny's date, our constant vigil, according to our fears of the distant tomorrow, beyond down the road, in the future. When you get older, in anticipation of your mortification, our, our mortification, our peril, our doom, comes knowledge, comes trouble. So in all your fears, employ some moderation. Thank you. Amazing message in that piece. That was very well written. Yes. yes thank you, thank you. Yeah, I, feel like, I feel like I went on a journey just now. I feel like I went on a, spirit, a spiritual journey. If you've got a link for your books and stuff on Amazon, if you've got a link that shows you know what you have out and what people can check out, post that on my Facebook page. You know, it's kind of like the the bulletin board for the group anyway. So if you have if you want to promote something, share something, um, feel free to go over and post that on my page for everybody. Okay. Okay, I will do that. I will do that. I will. Those were great reads tonight, Granville. Thank you, thank you, my brother. Thank you, thank you. And, and I'm going to try to hook up on some of your shows you have coming up. Say what? Yeah, tell everyone how to find I, you, hon. Oh, yeah. Okay, yes, yes. Uh, yes, you can find me at Facebook, Granville John Hedrington, Instagram, the same name, and you can find my work on this book I just read on Amazon. Granville John Hedrington Poetry for Thought, Volume 2. Thank you very much, good people. Thank you very much, Nyla, Stan. appreciate you, you having me. Oh, yes. Our pleasure. You have a great night. You too. Thanks. King and Queen. Listen. All right. Our next call, are you still okay to hang out, Stan? Yes, I gotta say that 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 first two, those two brevities of his were very powerful. I agree. Ooh. Absolutely agree. Okay. Next caller, area code eight three two eight three two. You're on the air. What's up? Hey, sweetie, how you doing? Hey, what's going on? I just called in. I just got here. Just uh, hey. <laughs> we were talking about you earlier. Don't be talking about me. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I got, if, I, if I don't hear it, then I can't file suit. Ma- mama and I, Mama and I were, Mama and I were discussing you. 
And I threw both of y'all wigs off. <laughs> she's she's gonna wallop you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. She can't Ooh, get me when I start flirting. She don't know what to say. <laughs> oh, oh, that's how that works. Yeah, you gotta flirt with her. <laughs> Ladies don't like flirting, or they they get flustered when they hear that flirt. Is that right, Nyla? <laughs> <laughs> It, it depends. You know, I used to, someone would flirt with me and I'd get all blushy and, you know, I'd stand there and, you know, do the little twirling of the toe thing with my head down on my hands behind my back because that was what I was taught to do. But then as I got older, you know, I realized it was really fun flirting back. And then as I got older, I realized I'm not going to sit there and wait around for someone to flirt back. I'm just going to flirt, you know. And then <laughs> when you get even older, then it's like, yeah, that was fun for a minute. And you're over it. <laughs> yeah, I'm just sharing all yeah, this. Yeah, Tomorrow's that's, Women's that's... Day, so I'm sharing all our women's secrets. <laughs> oh, okay. I, I missed I missed the earlier part. I just I just stepped in the dough. <laughs> what are you doing, Charles? It's so good to hear from you. Uh, what am I doing? Uh, talking to uh, talking to this lady and this other dude. That, with the with the crackly voice, I heard somebody with a crackly voice in the background laughing <laughs> like he 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 he. Let's stand. Me and me. Yeah, Stan's hanging out with oh, us oh. tonight. Stan, Stan, the man, what's up? Oh man, this is a fun evening, and it's I know it's going to get more fun. Oh no. <laughs> Don't, don't put no butter on the bread. Don't put no butter on the wheat bread. <laughs> Honey, 20 pounds of my butt belong to bread and butter. Don't tell me not to put butter on my bread. Oh, now you're flirting that, with That's me. like my, that's like, <laughs> see, every time, every flipping, flipping mother, flipping time you call in, we start talking about food. Yeah, yeah. You butter do bread this purposely. And, and I know you do. Bread and uh, butter. Oh my God, that's like my no, that's you, like you. my culinary heroine. Bread and butter. Well, um, well, you 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 showing you showing your age because you flirted first. <laughs> I I yeah. I'm I, I'm I'm somewhere between that. I'm not going to sit around and wait for someone to flirt. It's too much fun to flirt. And the yeah, that was fun for a minute phase. I'm I'm right in between those two. Yeah, there you go. It's that thirty year old age. I got you. I got you thirty year old. You know, now that I'm twenty three and I know everything in the world. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I got you. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're a young whippersnapper, but you know everything. Yeah, I got you. Oh, I thought I did. You know, it's really funny. You want to you want a really funny personal story real fast? When I was younger, it was Thanksgiving and everybody was drinking and we were all single and hanging out at a friend's house and Bobby shows up with his homemade tattoo gun and the heart string and a thing of ink. You know, that was like a cassette deck motor and a guitar string made into a homemade tattoo gun. And it seemed like an incredibly idea in my tequila stupor to get Betty Boop. 
tattooed onto my shoulder wow. because I thought, you know, Betty Boop had the world by the balls, right? Mm-hmm. Then I got older, and I went in. I was working for a laser clinic by then. I was doing endermology, which is the reconstruction of skin tissue on burn patients. That's fun. <laughs> um, so I'm working for this clinic uh, doing endermology, and they also do laser removals. And so the doctor, I had the doctor start doing a laser removal on my tattoo, taking Betty Boop off my shoulder. And he asked me why I was having it removed, and I told him, I said, well, you know, when I was 21, you know, I, I I thought I had the world by the balls. I was like Betty Boop, man. There was nothing that was going to get me. And now that I'm older, I'm more like Grace under fire. But I'm sure as hell I'm not going to have her face tattooed on my body. <laughs> well, wow, you know that that uh, she's starring in in the uh, Walking Dead now, so you don't you mm-hmm. sure don't want her on your show. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> I didn't watch wow. TV much, but that was one show, Grace Under Fire. That she was, she is just, that's me. <laughs> that's oh, you right there. Huh? Yeah, it's good, good. <laughs> I loved it. Oh, wow. all right. <sighs> Charles, do me a favor. Tell everyone yeah. how they can come love on you, honey. Oh, 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 oh what have we doing? A Facebook. Charles C.B. Banks, Charles C.B. Banks. That's me on Facebook and SoundCloud, Charles C.B. Banks. That's me. Yeah. Oh, that's all I'm supposed to do. I can hang up now. That's great. <laughs> <laughs> all right. We love you, hun. Great job tonight. Thank you for being such an incredible cog in our wheel. Oh, no. I want to do a poem. What are you talking about? What's huh? that? Oh, I, I could do a poem? I was just kidding. <laughs> he wants to do a poem. You want to do a poem? Yeah. Oh, this I called the wrong show? This is the talk show. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Man, I know I dialed the wrong number. It must have been one of them digits that I did. I messed up. Did you, did you not read two <laughs> poems, Charles? <laughs> did, did I, did I mess up? Who has not read one? Oh no, no! I I just want to read one, and then 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 I'll mess up and say goodbye. <laughs> I'm so confused. I want my mommy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, Betty Boop. <laughs> okay, Betty Boop. Yeah, maybe you ever get that tattoo put back on, right? <laughs> yeah. I was wearing the high heel and the bobby socks, you know, so Betty, Betty Boop was my hero. Yeah. Uh, with the penny loafers? No, the, the high I was wearing, too? like, I was the 80s. I was the stiletto high heels and the, the ankle boots with lace bobby socks and, you know, look, looking like I was, I was like a, a Stevie Nicks kind of girl. Yeah. Stevie uh, Nicks and Cindy Lauper and Madonna all Madonna put the blender. or something. <laughs> Just like Madonna, Madonna used to do yeah, that too. Yeah, I was. It was I was like a virgin. <laughs> oh, okay. Oh, no comment. No comment. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, what is with me tonight? Oh, oh that's right. Pot's illegal in Oregon. No, that's not true. I'm just joking, you guys. I was totally joking. That was a funny, funny ha ha. Okay. Anyway, uh-huh. so. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. 
You have people packing their bags. You ready to move to Oakland? I know. It really, it really is. I just thought it would be a funny thing to say, but as soon as I said it, I thought, you know, God, no, what if they really think that's true? <laughs> mm. Nuns don't get high. You have people waiting at know. the border right now. <laughs> wow. Uh, all right, CB. Okay, what am I doing? What? I don't oh, know. Oh, what are poem. we doing? Uh, hey, poem. Will you okay, read a poem, yes, please? Yes. Yes, uh, wrote it Wrote it today, woke up, and it was snowing outside. So I was like, man, them damn snowbirds. The snowbirds are coming. Bright blue, off-white, fluffy, slushy, mixed with those H2O girls. Long and deep, from here to over there. Ain't a sexual thought when you're outside in it, freezing up all sorts of things, making trouble for a mailman, delivering people everywhere. Gots to be another day, another way, when the earth tilts and spins, preparing for them cold days. Good for lovers, though. They cuddle. Muddle, make friction friction between those leg sticks. Producing babies, makers of happy and sad. Snowbirds have been coming for a long time now. Seems to me, folks be happy sometimes. Others, summertime be coming though. A trade-off. With other parts of the world, they get their snowbirds, and just is our time today. Seems like forever. More stove cooking when the snowbirds around, peeling soups and beans and hot stuff. Better to face them snowbirds with those damn snowbirds. Kids missing school with the delight. More trouble than they seem. Shovel, shovel. We greet them. Snows, shoes, boots, crunching. We greet them again. Slipping, sliding on our way to our destination. Hurt bones ain't funny. Though others laugh. It takes a mean mug to make them stop. Snowman, the kids play. Dumb snowballs upside the head. Kids wish, and adults can't dismiss. Those, 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 those snowbirds. Thanks for listening. You know, I have to applaud you for having, no pun intended, the balls to write this sentence. Okay, so you're, you're describing how cold it is outside. And you say, you say the line, something about it being so cold there's no sexual thoughts. And basically it's because everything's all cuddled up close trying to keep warm. You know, there's no sexual thoughts because, you know, the, 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 these guys are, are nesting, Right. 
And I think well, it's why, so why, great. Why do you got to discriminate and say it's just the guys that be, be uh, what about the ladies? Make everybody our girl, be, be our girls don't, up. Our, girl, our wiggly bits don't do that like boys' wiggly bits do. It gets cold. They get all all tucked in and, and trying to cuddle and keep warm with you. They get all shriveled, like you said in your thing. Okay, you said it. You said it in your life. You said it, okay? Anyway, so I think it's very brave of you to just say that, that it's so cold that there are no sexual thoughts because everything's all snuggled up close and cold, right? Because men don't want us ever, yes. ever, ever to picture their, their wiggly bits in that state. They don't want us to know that they turn all little teeny itty bitty and snuggly because they're cold. No, you want us to think you're these romping mans, right? So I think it's very brave for you to write a sentence like that because men don't want us to think of them like that. But because you were vulnerable and said that, it lets us know what a real man you are, and it made that sentence more even more powerful. That's where I was going. Did it make uh, sense? Well I, I, well, I want to say this. In defense of the, <laughs> the, the, the young man out there with their wiggly bits all swiggled up, <laughs> the women be swiggling up too. That's what I call wiggly bits. How do you explain it? How do you tell a kid, you're wiggly bits? I don't know. I had three boys, and they were wiggly bits. <laughs> wiggly bits. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Go get your pants on. Bird's going to eat your wiggly bits. <laughs> and no self-respecting man going outside with with the naked bits all out there uh, <laughs> and, and, and just exposed. <laughs> Ain't nobody going, I mean, you cover up. Uh, you don't know the people I know. <laughs> I'm going to tell you now. Oh, you talk about the Polar Bear Club. Okay, I got you. The Polar Bear Club be doing something different. Oh, my God. Oh, but, you know, that, that's what's unfair. Now, the Polar Bear Club, that's really unfair. Because a guy <laughs> comes out of that cold water not looking his best, but a woman comes out of that cold water and all of a sudden, she's magnificent. Okay, you got to give us something, all right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Charles, tell us how to find you again, hon. I'm nipping this one uh, in the back. Yo, yo, yo. Yo, 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 yo. Uh, <laughs> uh, my Shrigley bit, my Shrigley bits be on uh, Facebook, Facebook FM. Facebook FM, Shrigley Bits. Squiggly bitch, Charles C.B. Banks got the squiggly bitch that they catch me in the summertime when it all be free. <laughs> Charles, I love you. I will talk to you next week, honey. All right, take care of you. Hey, stay in the man, you too, man. Man, I'm going to tell you something, Charles. It's great to have you on here. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. Oh, geez, Liz. All right, I'm going to play an audio track real quick for National Women's Day. This is a piece by Dilemma, and it's called What If a Black Girl Knew? Um, We just had two more callers show up on the thing. Um, Once again, if you're trying to call in and you're getting a fast, busy signal, please keep trying. We We only have five lines coming into the show tonight, and uh, if you keep trying, it'll let you in eventually. Okay. Uh, so as one line drops and someone else is able to dial in. All right, so our next caller is going to be from area code 757, and then we have 916 who's not in the lineup. So 916, if you want to come on the air, I do see you on the line. Press 1. That will let you on to the show. If you don't want to come on live and you're just hanging out listening, glad you're here. Hope you're enjoying the show. 
right. So this is uh, What If a Black Girl Knew, and then we will be following that with caller 757. Here we go. What if a black girl knew that she would be desired by others only if she desired herself? That beauty is not a shade but a mindset, and the best indicator of it is self-confidence. As I talk some sense, insert here confidence. What if a black girl knew that her lips were plump and beautiful, that she does not need to hold them in, make them thin, does not need to rely on Kylie Jenner to make her lips an attainable thing? What if a black girl knew that there is no such thing as a perfect nose because the nose isn't meant to be perfect, it's meant to help you breathe and if you can breathe, black girl, you've succeeded. So what if a black girl knew that to be ratchet is a culture defined by the black goddesses whose weave could be any color and whose speech could be any kind of cross from slang to misplaced grammar. Such creativity, so what does it matter? Miley Cyrus does not need to twerk to generate praise for our culture. But what if a black girl knew, not to be bitter, that her father, like her sons, were raised by black hands, and you see in your father what you eventually see in your man, for the molding of your father came from similar hands. So if bitter is the sculptor, then how sweet can be the man? If bitter is the black girl, then how sweet can be our clan? What if a black girl knew that her rubies were hidden in the sand? What if a black girl knew that her hair too was like finely refined wool and not a fiber of her hair was the opposite of cool but it reflects on the outside, the struggle on the inside where natural meets the straightness that we take to our hatred, hatred for ourselves that we project upon each other. But what if a black girl knew that history recorded her as the most sought after? That her bosoms were like raindrops that wouldn't dry after. That her body was a magnet to worldwide wonder. And the jealousy was so great that it polluted the perception of a black girl until a thousand years later. Now what if a black girl knew that she was that same creature that drove slave masters from wicked hate right down to love by the curves in her figure? Eight, but that figure, eight billion dollar figures in the bank account of that Coke bottle corporation launched by the shape of that same figure. Eight, figure out, black girl, figure out. The figures match the years of social degrading delivered to the black girl's demise. Check your figures, media ratings, 1,000 Caucasians on the red carpet, only two black girls make the cut and they wonder why we can't grow. Let me guess. Because there are more dark girls than Lupita Riongo. But what if a black girl knew? The life is what you make of it. And opportunities are what you take from it. And there will be no female black president if no black girl wants to become it. What if a black girl knew? Not to be victim. Not to be Pacquiao, but to be Floyd. Because this Mayweather leaves sun rays on our lawn. What if a black girl stopped waiting for the defeat to spring from our floors? What if a black girl knew? That she would no longer take the abusive relationship between her and the media, but decided to make wedding bands between her and her mirror. What if a black girl knew that change is possible and greatness is personal, and though it is black girls at the bottom of the social totem pole, pressure makes diamonds, so it's time black girls to make your diamonds glow. What if a black girl knew? 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 Knew. Knew. No, no.
Alrighty, our next caller comes from area code seven five seven seven five seven. You're on the air. Hello, how you doing? It's Tamiko Barnett. Hey, girl, how have you been? It's been a bit. We've missed you. Oh, thank you. I've been hanging in there. <laughs> how y'all doing? <laughs> Very good. It is so good to hear from you. I really have missed you. Oh, thank you. I appreciate it. I got a couple of little pieces. Um, they won't take long. You know how I do um, with my, my writing style, but um, it's a couple of little things uh, that I just felt like sharing tonight. But um, the first one is called In the Morning. Okay. At last they are free. At last they are free, beholden to none but the beating of their own hearts, a sound that is beyond the speed of light, but ushering in the sun, flying in upon the wings of a new day in peace. That was beautiful. Yes. Go ahead, Stan. I love the imagery in that. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Okay. I sing your um, praises all the time. It's really good to just sit back and hear someone else do it. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I know. She's awesome. She's awesome. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I can't argue that. <laughs> What's your second one, baby girl? Um, This is called Radiant Practice. Um, okay. Grudgingly, I search for a new Kriya, a new space to move and exercise my being. And at last, upon the practice, I turn my frown into relief and peace. <laughs> You know, there's times when we we are all doing something. It's like, you know, you use the metaphor of, of, you know, working out, being in shape, all that stuff, you know. But there's times when we'll sit there and we'll we'll be stretching like we normally do, and all of a sudden it's like something happened. It's like, this is not right anymore. I think I need to make an adjustment here and, you know, change and... I've kind of outgrown this position or something like that. And that that ability to be able to recognize and switch and grow when we need to, I think, came out really clear in that that piece. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, a life in a rut is it's really not a life. It isn't. So, yeah, change is necessary. Sometimes you can get into something so much or, or so routine that it, it just becomes bland. Mm. And then your life becomes bland. So I, I like that. I like the very concept of that. You know what? If if where you're at is not where you want to be, you got feet, move on. Find another way. I like that. Good okay. job, sweetheart. Oh, thank you. Because that's exactly where I was kind of feeling it, too, is You've been doing something for so long, especially like, um, well, of course, that was about yoga. And I love it so much, but 
and I rarely hear people say this, but sometimes, yeah, it does kind of get boring like any other kind of exercise. <laughs> mm-hmm. and some people, I don't know if they want to be be that honest about it. I mean, I, I, I started out just thinking about fitness, and then it became this important thing about being holistic and dealing with myself emotionally and mentally and spiritually, which that's my favorite part. <laughs> but... um I still like the movement too, and know that's important. But I get bored and get. Um, you know, I I love that you brought that up because it is so true. It is because it's exactly like I was talking earlier. It's the exact message that's inside the erotic poem that I wrote. It's the exact message and a lot of things that we heard, and that is that we. The 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 words we say, on the inside as women are not always the words we say on the outside. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know, we we were have been conditioned through society and through our era and our generation and our social structures to be the type of women that we are just as the you know, our Victorian grandmothers, you know, were shaped by society to be the type of women they were. You know. But I love it when it's you know, there's that, that sense of stepping out of that shell, stepping out of that box. Um, recognizing that that you know it, it's okay when I when I was 21, I could play the cute little sweet batting the eyelashes giggly girl because that's who I was. I was a 21, you know, smiley batting the eyelashes giggly girl. I was 21. I'm not 21 now. You know what I did then doesn't work for me now. You know I can't get out of speeding tickets that easy anymore. <laughs> You know, but what works then doesn't work now. But that doesn't mean that where I was and the things I was doing were not exactly where I needed to be and the exact right thing at the time. It just means that I need to find the new. I've outgrown that and I need to move forward to continue to grow, to continue to progress, to become more self-aware. You know, and so when you're talking about that, that absolutely makes sense. Mm -hmm. You know, and it is it's kind of like taking myself out of the relief comes in because I know I'm doing something that's good for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. But at the same time, that even even if something is good for you, it's like, okay, I know I'm not running out of options here with the practice. It's just, you know, I guess I just Do you want me to a- make it all better for a little while at least? Do you want a quick fix? Do you want a Band-Aid for the boredom? What? I don't know the guy's name, but when you are sitting there doing your yoga poses, okay, that's good for you, that's strong, but let's give your let's give your brain somewhere to run away to. I want you to think about the guy who plays on Aquaman on a box of Girl Scout cookies. That's that's a good mental image to run away to. So when you get bored doing the yoga and you just need a break, that the guy who stars in Aquaman, I want you to picture him on the cover of a box of Girl Scout cookies. It's like perfect heaven. And can I tell you something real funny? I don't know, you don't know who, who the person is or that play Aquaman. I don't <laughs> just Google just Google Aquaman. The movie just got out of the theater. So yeah, Google Aquaman know, and you'll I see the guy. I like, I oh. just know I just know I've heard of the movie but I know nothing uh-huh. about it. Sorry, Stan. <laughs> That's okay. You're, having, you're hearing me make those girl noises. <laughs> No, hey, that's okay. I mean, that's okay. You know, right. you, the girl I feel like you just some, heard some female bonding. Now we're gonna have to kill you. <laughs> no. Oh, <laughs> oh, God. 
I don't think that's gonna help the cause. Um, <laughs> <laughs> All right, my beautiful girl, do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you, honey. Um, I'm back on Facebook, Tamiko Barnett, T-A-M-E-K-O, Barnett with an E on the end, and um, Poetry Soup, PoetrySoup.com forward slash M-E, me, forward slash T-A-M-E-K-O, the number one and the number three. Awesome. All right, sweetheart, fantastic job. Thank you for coming and playing tonight with us. Hi, thank you all so much. Thank you. Okay, so I am definitely having some issues with our lines right now. I'm going to go ahead and play a couple audio tracks. We've got 39 minutes left on the show. I don't know if I'm going to get lines back up. If you're trying to call in, keep trying. I'll keep watching the board and see if I can see you guys. Stan, do you want to hang out for the rest of the show, or do you want to read another piece and just sit back and, and listen to the rest? What do you want to do, hon? Well, I know. Okay. All right. So I'm going to play a piece by Jennifer Huggins to start this out with, and it's going to be I Will Not Wear Your Ribbon. Thank you like this. I woke up this morning, decided to live life like you do. After a man told me a few weeks ago that it is dangerous to have faith in anything, I whispered to God in your defense. Maybe he was right. As for me, I still need to feel like there is something connecting me to all of this and today I don't. I will speed up for every red light instead of pausing or stopping, hoping the wreckage of metal to spine will somehow empower you to hold my words closer to you than your own body. I stopped trying to gain fresh air from seduction in those desperate times. We were always drowning slowly. I keep pushing and pulling, trying to shake you awake, but you don't hear me. You tell me you know what you're getting yourself into, and little brother, I don't think you have a clue. Will you expect me to wear a pretty red ribbon every day of the week when you get the news that your HIV results have come back positive? Should I start grieving you now or wait till your slow suicide has played devil's advocate for the last time? Will I be the one holding your hand as your lungs collapse and body crumbles into a pile of dust all for the sake of wanting to feel something other than numb or anger? We can never escape the wounds if we are unwilling to admit first there was injury. I will be damned if I'm going to continue signing away lyrics to your eulogy every time I hear another crime you commit against your own body. You pulled a razor blade from my palms once. I cannot remove your lips and limbs, the very things causing your heart to tick away in night songs. I cannot protect you the way that you need safety. The calm is never conquered by the storm. It's the lightning that will resuscitate our faith in something greater than ourselves. Do not surrender your body to the wicked, unworthy, unclean masses. Save the boy that rests in you fighting for breath. He deserves another chance to breathe light and to focus. Reach deep down into your esophagus, pulling the rage from your belly to reveal the roses blooming there. Forgive what your bone cannot forget, what your muscle memory refuses to release. Let go of the idea that you are alone in this. Let your heart filter these words through your chest. And beat. Absolutely incredible piece. The next one I am going yeah. to play is going to be by, this is actually by Alicia Keys. And yeah, Alicia Keys is a singer. Um, absolutely phenomenal 
piece by her, and a lot of people don't know that she's a spoken word artist, as in a true spoken word artist, but indeed she is. So this is called POW, and it's by Alicia Keys. Our next guest is uh, very, very pleased to have her here with a selection from her book, Tears for Water. Please give a warm, dead poetry welcome to Miss Alicia Keys. I'm a prisoner of words unsaid, just lonely feelings locked away in my head. I trap myself further every time I stay quiet. I should start to speak, but I stop and stay silent. And now I've made my own hard bed inside this prison of words unsaid. POW, that's what I am. Not a prisoner of war, a prisoner of words. Mostly I say what you want to hear. Could you take it if I came clear, or would you rather just see me stoned on a drug of complacency and compromise? M-I-A, guess that's what I am. Scraping this cold, hard earth for a piece of myself, for peace in myself. It'd be easier if you just put me in jail, you know. If you locked me away, I'd have someone to blame. But these bars of steel are of my making. They surround my mind and have me shaking. My hands are cuffed behind my back. I'm a prisoner of the worst kind, in fact. I'm a prisoner of compromise, a prisoner of compassion, a prisoner of kindness, a prisoner of expectation, a prisoner of my youth, run too fast to be old. I've forgotten what I was told. Ain't I sight to behold. A prisoner of age, dying to be young. To my head is my hand with a gun, and it's cold and it's hard, because there's nowhere to run where you've caged yourself by holding your tongue. I'm a prisoner of words. That was Miss Alicia Keys. Just lonely feelings locked away in my head. that turned down. It's like solitary confinement. Every time I stay quiet, I should start to speak, but I stop. There we go. Okay, she just decided, you know, how she is about the limelight, you guys. All right. (laughs) So there we go. All right, so I'm going to play one more piece real quick. Um, I've got a 682 that I'm going to try to mute as soon as I can get this stabilized over here. I'm going to play another piece real quick, and this is by Spoken Cinema, and it's called We Are the Lions. And for National Women's Day, I want men to realize that in order for there to be 
strong, amazing women to celebrate on this day, then then we all have a hand in making those strong, confident women. And so I thought this was real appropriate, please. So here we go. This is Spoken Cinema with We Are the Lions. I don't have a problem with pornography. I mean, I don't get upset when I see sexually exploitive commercials. <laughs> In fact, <laughs> those are usually my favorite ones. I mean, I don't know what her ass has to do with my hamburger, but I'm going to drive through the very next day. I have a problem with violent movies or images or the word bitch. Don't have a problem with jokes about women. In fact, I freely admit there are times where I sit back with my fellas and kick back, talk about some bitch and how I wish I could hit that, talk openly in public places, unconcerned if your kids laugh. I mean, it's just words, just jokes, just dudes talking shit that you never expect is going to get back. However, I do have a problem with violence and cruelty, and rape and abuse. And even if we know, it's just me. It's just you. It's just a few harmless chokes between me and my dudes. It still perpetuates a culture where it's easy to confuse the link between the jokes and the bruise, between her getting choked and what's just jokes between dudes. And if there's a connection between the things I don't have a problem with and the things that I do, then perhaps I need to rethink my views on the way we view women and how many views sexually exploitive images get on YouTube. My best friends have beautiful children. And if what I have to do to keep their daughters from getting raped or harassed or abused is choose to accept domestic violence as a man's issue too, then I'll do that. And if their sons grow to be like the men that they see, so it's on me to live like the men I want them to be, then I will do that too. And when they're of a certain age, I will tell them this story I heard when I was young about this village being terrorized by lions. See, every so often in this village, the Villagers would wake to find beds ransacked, bodies torn, and for some odd reason, the bodies were always female. Panicked, uh, the men of the village started sleeping in shifts to make sure at least one man was always watching. Despite that, the lions came. Too worried to sleep. Now, the mothers crept to the beds of their babies, and there, watching over them, they learned why the victims were never men. Because on random nights, for unknown reasons, as the fog crept in and the moon caught in the branches, the boys and men of the village became the very thing the women they loved feared most. When I was young, I thought that story was about lions. <sighs> it's not. See, we are children, the monsters are under the bed. When we are adults, the monsters have moved. They are inside us. They fight us. They climb in bed beside us. And so to stay safe from danger, we raise our girls to believe they must avoid it. And we raise our boys to believe they must become it. And so they do. And then one day, they grow up to discover they are the lions. They are the ones you're watching out for. They are the ones. We ask her, what did you do? When we should ask him, what have you done? But we don't. As if we can't blame him, as if it's her fault for failing to accept that being safe around men, that's not safe to expect. I mean, she got in a cage with a lion. She deserves what she gets. And as men, we have to reject that mindset or the violence won't end. We have to accept most often it starts in the hands and hearts and minds of men. And we are the lions time and again. And if we aren't the lions, we are on their side. Too often standing proudly in defense of the pride, perhaps afraid that if we stand with women against the lion, we will ourselves be devoured. And so, ironically, to prove we aren't cowards, we become cowards. To prove we aren't weak, we become weak. To prove we are still lions, we become sheep, unwilling to do the one thing that must be done. Speak. 
and our silence chokes as heavy as hands. It stings in every black eye where men stand. Violence lives or dies. And that is why to call this just a women's issue is a lie. We must be involved. This is a problem that cannot be solved with our silence. If we want to end the violence, we must speak. We must act. One in five women are raped by men. We must own that fact. 640,000 women and girls are trafficked for sex annually. We must own up to that. Three women are killed each day by men who say they love them. That fact is ours and ours alone. Domestic violence is ours to own. This is what we must understand. This violence ends where it starts in the hands and in the hearts and in the minds of men because we are the lions. Time and again. In the back alley of my thoughts, he presses my mind against the wall, investigating my vibe, enticing my will and I succumb to his success. His tongue like the ink ball of a pen as he maneuvers his way around my body, printing letters of kisses and euphoric breaths that lead to a cursive rhythm of love. The sunset basks in our shadows as night falls and time only decreases to a timeless silhouette of our souls intertwined, pumping orgasms like water from a fire hydrant. It's a wonderland of emotions, a once-in-a-lifetime conception of pleasure, a wealth unmeasured. I call him Bruce Wayne. Night closes in. We transition to our superhero states and mind. In a room full of darkness, I can feel his eyes as he moves himself. Sex drive in the Batmobile, stick shift to dark night rises. I touch the tip, he comes alive. His waist to my mouth, I waste no time. He starts spitting rhymes, I take the mic and deliver one last line. I got him crazy, so he lifts up both my thighs. Kiss on the lips the second time between my hips. I'm fully equipped as he eclipses with my clip. He's speaking tongues, I'm screaming out my lungs. The night is still young. And the craving is intense Each of us burning with desires incense Only makes the room full of my incense As he pulls himself inside to my invite I bite from the glide of his pride And stroke his ego with my Kegel insights While in flight he dives And I cite his name at the height of my passion He shivers my legs wide like scissors Have me spread out in the sheets like we in Excel As he propels himself to land on the table of my stomach But with swift motion I lay back, I feel a cold breeze looking up, his back sitting over Gotham City. Lights on, Batman is gone. I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman, I'm Batman. That was an awesome piece. Probably shouldn't have made it past our censors, but that was an incredible piece of poetry. Very talented yeah. and amazing lady. All right, so we yes. have two callers. We're going to try to get on stand. You still with me? I'm right here. All right, we're going to go ahead and grab 682, see if we can get them on with us. 682, are you with me? Hey, what's going on, Nyla? Hey, sweetheart, how you doing? 
is with me. I, I, you're kind of cutting out wispily. I can't hear you. Uh, this is Richard. I was on last week. Oh, Richard, it's good to hear from you, honey. Welcome. Yeah, is Richard, you, know? you still there? Is he still there? Yeah, yeah, still here, still here. Um, <laughs> brought a brought a poem with me. Oh yes. Awesome. What did you bring, well, honey? Um, uh, this poem I was listening to you guys talk. I've been listening for about thirty, forty-five minutes before I called in. Uh, I thought Charles was great. He's a hoot. And uh, his poem is beautiful. Oh, man. We lost you again, honey. We can't hear you. Richard? Okay. Okay. Hold on one second. I think I can fix that. Yeah, something happens when you keep disappearing completely. Can you hear me now? We can hear you. Can you, you can hear me? Uh-huh. So the last thing that we heard was you said um, you were listening to the poets earlier, and, right, and then right, you were right. gone. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Yeah, I, I was listening to uh, Charles. I thought his poem, Snowbird, was beautiful. But mm-hmm. um, I, uh, I brought a poem with me. This poem is called Turn to Stone. Um, I had written it a while back, but I kind of tweaked it a little bit here recently. Uh, It's about an encounter with a lady. Hope you guys enjoy it. I removed her clothes with my eyes again. She smiled, then discreetly leased through my mind. Our warm heartbeats tolling in unison. The sunset accents this moment sublime. Small talk became a petulant old bore. Wrong and right took flight like a bird of prey. Suits of bone and flesh, fresh from the tailor. Deep lust tears through a scope and fires away. The footprints on the ceiling can't be true. This joyous toil leaves morality soiled. A night to remember, yet days to rue. Hinges, springs, and minds all in need of oil. Our passion travels at the speed of thought, reveals secrets to a soul. I think not. That's the end of that poem. That was phenomenal. Yes. Thank you. Now, you know you can read too, right? Yeah, (laughs) by all means. Oh, okay. Let me see. Go ahead, Stan. You were going to comment on that piece, and I cut you off, honey. What were you going to say? I was going to say I love the way he delivered that. Oh, thank you. Yeah, that poem. I um, agree. It's it's definitely from the heart. I can tell you that. Yes. Oh, you can tell the emotion. Yeah, the you can tell. The, the, I mean, the words. The words were not flat. The words had their own breath. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I I rewrote that poem a thousand times. I mean, I just you know. But uh, that was one of my first attempts at a sonnet. <clears throat> Excuse me, at a sonnet, because that was a sonnet. And sonnets are a challenge for me. They got that, you know, that, that structure and that framework that makes it kind of difficult. Mm-hmm. This second poem, uh, again, is about an encounter with a lady. But this poem is when I was a teenager. 
It's, it's, it's teenage angst. It's called profiles in beauty. We were alone, but I could not squeeze the trigger that was needed to place her in my arms, knowing those of great passion would have done it in the time it takes to breathe with isolated footprints shrouding the sidewalk, a moment that clings like flypaper, the infatuated teen I sorely became. Still, I cherished the view from a window. As she drew near, her objective was my front door. Alas, it was only a vertical dream from the waist up in black and white, with me waking just before the kissing scene. And that's the end of that poem. Wow. <laughs> wow. How fun was that? Oh, my God. That was incredible. Oh, yeah. That was wonderful. Could you feel and the, the angst? You, I love the way you led us with it till you got to that last line. That was beautiful. Oh, we. I mean, it's, it's one thing. It's one thing when you see, and that happens in real life, and you see this amazing girl, and all of a sudden the whole world just stops, and you just, you know, and you just want to, you know, that that whole infatuation first encounter, and then you stutter. It's, it's bad enough when that happens in real life, but when it happens to you while you're dreaming, that's really messed up. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you know, no, wait, wait. The hell with you, dream, because, you know, this is my dream, and I'm supposed to be all studly budly here, and, you know, I I want my muscles bigger, I want some, you know, I want to be a little bit taller, and by God, I am going to go talk to that woman. Now, this is my dream. Go, go, go. (laughs) Oh, my God. Oh, too funny. I loved that. It was fun. So fun. Yes. It actually happened. That's the bad part. (laughs) I mean, you know. I wish I could tell you that it, I, I just made it up, but you know that that's pretty much blow by blow what happened when I was a kid. I just when I was a kid, I was just incredibly shy. You know, mm-hmm. I'd have crushes on girls, but you know, I was the kind of yeah, I was just shy. And as I got older, and I was trying to get out of it. I was still that that shyness. It was almost crippling to me. But the thing about it is, it makes for a really good subject matter for a poem. Yes, it does. <laughs> yes, it does. Truth is stranger than fiction. Oh, my. You know, the truth hurts sometimes, too, man. But, you know, it's those slices to... of life that make us vulnerable connect yeah. us. I mean, instantly, you know, I was, it was like I was right. I knew. I knew. You know, I was right there. I knew what that was going on, you know. and. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, and yeah. it kind of made me think about when I was young, and a girl, and the first time I wore makeup, and I was the one that was walking by the window that made the boy feel that way. You know, completely different side oh, okay. of the the poem, and complete something that you probably wouldn't expect your poem to have done. But I can't uh-huh. relate to what it's like to be the boy who's tongue-tied, but I know what it's like to be the girl in the window. And so that's what that poem oh, took okay. me to, and to that excitement okay. of that whole thing, that whole situation, like. God, he's so cute. And look, I fluster him. Me. I mean, thank God for Maybelline. Yeah. You know? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, that, uh, my, childhood, man, is, my childhood, is, it, it can be embarrassing when I reveal it. But again, it, 
it makes for great subject matter for poetry. Thank you guys so Slice much. Slice of life. Time. When you write about things that are real, people are going to connect to them. That was a fantastic job, Richard. You need to do me a favor and tell everybody how to find you. Yes. I'm at, uh, I'm at Poetry Soup under Richard Evans, and then uh, I'm also on Facebook under the same name, and I'm, I'm working on getting my first book. I'm about to self-publish because I've submitted my manuscript a thousand times. Don't nobody want my poetry, so I'm going to self-publish it. But uh, I'm, at, <laughs> I'm at Poetry Soup, and I'm at uh, Facebook. You know, you say that, but there's a whole – you're probably I'm, – I'm, I'm not going to guess at how old you are, but I'm going to say you're I'm, – I'm guessing you're – because of the way you said that sentence, you're probably about the same age as I am, and we're not going to discuss that either, so we're cool. <laughs> but, you know, we come from when we used to submit our poetry – to journals and stuff, and they would say, oh, my gosh, you're awesome. We would be interested in publishing a collection. You know, we we come from when that happened, but that isn't the way it happens anymore. You know, now it's all about, you know, we will, you know, the – doing the whole you have to go out there and you have to start writing a resume and getting your social circle put together and your networking you know and people are they yeah. people they look at your manuscript and they say okay what kind of a following what kind of a social net because the days of the publishing companies going out and marketing our books are over you know why should they have to yeah. work that hard in a social networking thing so now you know when they look at a thing of it's like how hard is this person what kind of presence do they have on social network where have they been published before what have they done you know yeah you know how easy is because there's a lot of good poets out there you guys face it you know we we are a army of great poets but they're not going to publish us all you know even though we are all great poets they're going to publish the ones they have to do the least work on people are inherently lazy you know, so that's why, and in one that's of the true. workshops I'm going to be doing, that's why we're going to be talking about how important is it to develop a writer's resume in this day and age. You know, in this in this era of social media. Why can I find out more we, about your When I do them, we just I do them on here, and then I I run them a couple times on off days and things like that. But just watch, mm-hmm. you know, listen on here and watch on my page if you're on my my Facebook page. Um, if you're on okay. my contact list, you'll see it posted on my page. But yeah, we we just put those together, and but but seriously, you know, it could have nothing to do with the fact there's you know there's three poets there. All three of you are great. They're going to take the path that they don't have to do the most work on. So it is important for us mm-hmm. to submit yeah. our pieces singularly to journals, to online publications, to build a social network to have a following you know all of that stuff because that could make them between picking yours and the other guys you know and so it's like a whole you know god i gotta do more well i don't want to do that stuff but it is important yeah oh yeah i'm 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 undaunted i'm uh, it's it's publish or perish for me (laughs) (laughs) there you go richard i love it thank you so Uh, much well you should be well, I'm glad that you came back this week. I'm I'm hoping once you do something three times, that kind of, no, those three things are a collection. Twenty-one times is a habit. All right, so we're working on you making this a habit. So next week will be week three. There you go. There you go. There You'll have you a collection go. of shows on the way to becoming a habit. There you go. That's my objective. <laughs> All right, hun. Tell everyone how to find you, sweetheart. I'm at, uh, like I said, Poetry Soup, and then you can come to Facebook and uh, under Richard Evans. And uh, I really like people to come to Poetry Soup, and if you like what you, what you see, leave me a comment. 
Very cool. All right, sweetheart. Thank you, Richard, and we will talk to you next week, honey. All right, you guys take care. You too, Richard. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. I am really, really enjoying his work. I'm really glad he's going into the show. All right, so our next caller comes from area code 503. 503, you are on the air. Nyla. Hey, sweetheart. Hi. How are you? It's so good to hear from you, neighbor. (laughs) Yes, it's good to hear your voice, too. Uh, uh, I'm happy to be able to join you and... and, uh, give a couple things a read, and um, I've got something a little different here, and I I think you might like it. I hope you like it. Um, it's called, the first one is called uh, Morning's Black Feather, as in morning, M-O-U-R-N, um, I found the feather by the door. It's jet black sheen compelling me. Like spun black pearls, the light played o'er the colors of a midnight sea. The dark-winged bird flew to my gate, said, Lady, sorrow is my name. My heart was ripe with whelming grief, and so I gave him space to claim. He settled in at my behest. I made his blackest robe my own, and then before I took a thought, his murky entourage came home. Regret and hindsight shared a shelf and perched alongside lost love's pain, as would have, could have, should have, cawed and came in dripping from the rain. Then morning spread his storm-soaked wings and paused at length to cape and dry. Heat from the coals, fueled by my grief, sustained the corvid's warming fire until my heavy heart burst free and found it could beat differently and like a lion caged no more I showed this entourage the door for sorrow visits every soul that needn't be a live-in guest like some dark pet we think we need that sucks us dry of peace and rest the dark-winged bird will come and stay and grow as massive as it may until we break beneath the weight or till we recall we own the gate. End poem. You know, you talk about a real real hard place in the grieving process when you lose somebody. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we become, you talk about setting the bird's you know, you you use them for the birds coming in, and you you set them on the shelf, because when we lose somebody that we love so much, you know, there's things that we believe we have to do. There's a suffering we believe we have to feel. You know, I'm not talking about the natural suffering, but there's a self-imposed suffering we give ourselves, because if I love this person that much, I would behave this way. If I love this person, I can't do this because that will make people think I didn't love him very much. Well, I can't do this because, you know, then that means that I'm forgetting this, you know. Mm -hmm. I can't do that. I can't be happy because, you know, then people are going to think that I'm moving on. You know, it it Mm -hmm. is absolutely such 
a horrific cycle going through that until we actually do get to that place where we realize, no, I can be alive and I can live and still hold you at the most utmost sacredness that I could possibly hold you in my memories. But that does not mean that I am not still alive. You know, that's a hard transition, that place. But when you finally do break free, you know, and all of those birds leave your your the wire, you know, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you realize it's what it's like to let go of the weight that you were putting on yourself, then it's it's amazing. And I think that piece did a really, really good job of talking about that transition oh, and grief. You. Thank you, dear. I hope I have the the message right, but that that's what you do. I, that's what it. Okay, good. Yeah. And Stan? I've got to say, the rhyme was excellent. I love the delivery, and using the metaphor of those birds, and uh, assigning each one of them a part of that grieving process. That was a brilliantly written piece. Oh, thank mm-hmm. you. Thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I, I really, really appreciate that. That means the world to me. I You know what I love? I love it when what? you guys, I love having a guest host here with me because then, I mean, you've been hearing me praise you and you know that I love your writing and you know what I think of you. You've been hearing that for years and years and years because you've been calling in for years and years and years. You know, it's really cool for me to sit back like I said earlier, and here Stan say something nice about somebody that he doesn't have that history with. So he doesn't have to be nice to you because he doesn't know you <laughs> like I know you. You know, it's kind of like, and this is the honest God truth. You women can say, no, man, my man's my king. I don't care. When you're walking down the street and some stranger, not I'm not talking about some lech, some weirdo creepy dude, but somebody whistles. Or someone tells you uh-huh. you look beautiful, or something like that. Other than your husband, you be- mm-hmm. it means more to you coming from a stranger than it does your husband. Your husband says your or your other half, whatever, you know, whatever floats our boats. Um, our our better half, they have to say nice things about us. We hear it all the time. You know, they tell us we look good when we know damn good and well we look like shit. You know, That's but true. They love us, so to them we look good. But we know. We don't believe them. We know that they, they we look good to them because they love us. Because you've seen me that day. I remember that day. Yeah, I wasn't beautiful, you know. Mm-hmm. So when a stranger says it, it does carry more weight. So it's fun for me to sit back and listen, you know, when I've been telling you all this time and hear someone else say something, you know, it's kind of like watching my, you know, watching my boyfriend get flirted with by another girl. You know, and and you know, which can be a healthy thing if you're not a jealous person. You know, it's it's good for people to get that outside affirmation. You know, so or you know, a guy whistles at the girl, and you know, I mean, that's a true, honest compliment as long as it's not done in a lechery, sexually harassing sort of way. Right. There, there are honest, beautiful kinds of of admiration. I guess was what I'm trying to say. Yes. I don't know. I never minded getting whistled at. I have to say that, you know, uh, all women's lib and sexual discrimination, you know, maybe that's why I'm having a heart. I never minded getting whistled at, you know, but I never, you know, the the experiences I had with somebody whistling were never bad, you know. Mm -hmm. I would just smile and, you know, but 
you know, I was, I guess maybe I'm showing my age again. I did, but I never did. I never minded getting whistled at. Mm-hmm. I I took it for what it was, you know. So, mm-hmm. but yeah. Anyway, we got, totally got off it. So yeah, when it, I mean, <laughs> where were we were talking about? Yeah, I know. I have no idea where I was going or where I was, but I I love that. I love that we can just, you know, talk and go somewhere. (laughs) Yeah. So, well, is there time? You think should I read another short one? Yes. Of course. Okay. Okay, dear. This one's called "The Road Untrod." The whisper of the road untrod still beckons with a haunting sway, a harbored thought, a moment's pause, a dream by night, a wish by day. The hunting heart its respite seeks and ventures from the storms of life to paths where beauty and truth meet, like surf joins shore wed by moonlight. Yet pondering exacts a toll to ride conjecture's carousel, what could have been yet may not be, imagination's private hell. End poem. <laughs> imagination's private hell. There is nothing more wicked than your imagination. Yeah. This is true. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that is a definite, definitely where the id lives. Incredible piece, sweetheart. All right, do me a favor, love. Tell everyone how to find you. Okay, thank you, dear. Uh, yes, it's just uh, just Facebook, Christy Doherty. And um, thanks for the time, Nyla. Thanks for the encouragement. You're fabulous. I really appreciate you guys so much. Appreciate you, and I am so glad you were able to call in tonight. Thank you, baby girl. Thank you. Thanks. Have a thank great you. night. Thank you so much. You Bye-bye. Too. Bye-bye. All right, we've got one more caller. We're going to grab real quick. 807, you are on the air. Hello, Nyla. It's your favorite stalker. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if you uh, have more than one, you, but I imagine that you might. <laughs> oh, not too I only bad. Had, you know what? I've only had one serious stalker, and they could be listening tonight, so this could be a huge mistake. Well, that's not true. I've only had one serious stalker related to the radio show. And they actually lived in the same area as me. And I would come home from somewhere, and there would be dimes on my front porch that they would leave on my front porch. And then there's a whole long story behind that. But, you know, trust me, <laughs> you are my favorite stalker <laughs> because you are not dangerous. <laughs> there, there's, there's some weird people out there. I, I, think, I think only a conversation between you and I could elicit those, those words. You're my favorite stalker because you're not dangerous. <laughs> Think about how spooky would it Someone sends you a song that says An old song that goes A penny for your thoughts, a nickel for a kiss A dime if you tell me that you love me And then when you come home there's dimes all over your porch That's just really creepy If you see a dollar bill Then you you think to yourself Oh my god, if he's leaving a dollar bill What does he want now? (laughs) That's when you move Exactly. Did I say anything right. about you not being dangerous? <laughs> uh, but it's good to it's hear my from mind you that's a little dangerous. bit. <laughs> yeah, it's my mind, if anything else. Uh, anyways, I'll, I'll jump into my poem here. 
Uh, I'm reading this for <clears throat> someone on my Instagram. Uh, sh- uh, her name's uh, Corina, and uh, I'll have to post on your page or somewhere the because I can't remember the full name right now, but uh, it's Karina is the first name, and she uh, does a lot of like tarot sort of stuff and astrology and that. Uh, and anyways, she did an entry on Saturn, and this poem came to my mind that I wrote about Saturn, and I, I read it here once before, but it's one of my favorite ones, and I said that I would read it for her tonight. <clears throat> and so uh, I'm going to read this, and then I'll just you know, message her and in in her uh, Instagram and, and tell her that I read it. So, a somber sleep falls upon Saturn. A somber sleep falls upon Saturn as the golden age of man comes to an end, passing like silver moon's phases to another cycle of time. And the fortunes of both man and of woman, and they are paid for in currency of toil and strife, like the coin paid to the mer- ferryman of the river Styx in which mortality finally meets its end. His rings orbit no longer in joy for opulence and wealth upon the Terran sphere. The arrears of humankind causes humanity to pay for their wages in sin. Sorry, for the wages of its sin, and the din of misery of war starts slowly to creep forward as the sun before a source of warmth it blazes in oppressive heat, breeding the locusts that come from corruption of matter and rot. As the trials and tribulations of humanity, they come now to be to the gods as not. Oh, how I mourn for Saturn in his mysterious sleep, as somehow the mystery of this silver age that has come to pass, it settles upon my brow, and I fear now that this age of silver that just now dawns, that it will recede further to an even more corrupted age of bronze, in which humanity shall strive to till the soil with broken back and heavy hearts, asking in his toil what has come to pass. Why, after a time in bounteous glory, the gods have come to abandon their sorrow over past. And that is A Somber Sleep Falls Upon Saturn, and that is, uh, like I said, inspired by, well, Saturn. And there's a song by Call. Uh, he's registered as Call One now. C-A-C-A-U-L, the number one, on, uh, on the thing there, the, uh, on Bandcamp. And it was his album, Postina. He doesn't have that album there anymore. But I'm going to write my own song to this. Uh, I'm going to use my Caustic 3 app and uh, use something called the Pad Synth, the Pad Synthesizer, to uh, uh, to compose something original for this. Because that's one of you the know, other things I do now. All I could keep <laughs> thinking about was really, what does Saturn have to be sad about? I mean, at least it's still, at least Saturn's still a planet. I mean, what about Pluto? Let's talk about Pluto. Mm-hmm. Okay, Pluto. <laughs> You know, You've really got to think about that. <laughs> I do. I do. I don't care what they say. They can't just decide something's not what it is. Mm. You know, they can. They cannot celestial body assign a, mm. a Pluto. That that they can't do that. They don't know what Pluto thinks it is. You know, in this in this yeah. in this decade and era and 
point in history and all that of of being able to choose our own insides, choose our own sexuality. Mm-hmm. I I think they should just leave Pluto alone and let Pluto be what yeah, it wants it to be, and it's a planet. If it says it's a planet, it's a planet. And that's it, it's funny. It's a funny object that we it's it's actually quite unique in in some ways because it in some ways it still acts very planet like even though it doesn't meet the one the one thing that it doesn't meet and that doesn't make it a planet is that it hasn't cleared its orbit of oh of uh, it hasn't cleared its orbit of uh, different or sorry of its uh, other uh, Everything around it, all the bodies around it. So that's like the one thing. I think I'm going to make it. Think about it seriously. If I made that into a T-shirt, a picture of Pluto, mm-hmm. and have it say underneath it, "Do not celestial, celestial body, body assign me." I bet that would be mm-hmm. like. I bet that would be very marketable <laughs> in this day and age. <laughs> yeah, it might attract There's all a good kinds message of different there, attention too. <laughs> Yeah, I want to say that uh, that lady wrote an amazing poem, and I want to say you did an an outstanding read of it. That was wonderful. No, that well, that was my poem, actually. Oh, that was his poem inspired. Yeah, like it was. Yeah, inspired by her entry. Like she did. uh, I'll post it. I'll post the link on Nyla's page. What it was was uh, it was a it, it was a post that she did. Uh, about Saturn, it was like a, a, a piece of art, and it was oh, like wow. kind of like tarot or oracle based. Oh, and you took that as the inspiration. Yeah, yeah, and and, and oh, wrote that poem. I've got to tell you, that was outstanding. Thank you, thank you, and and uh, that yeah, and also the uh, the song Postina, P O U S T I N A. That was uh, that was also part of the inspiration. That sometimes that happens for me where. Where I have more than one source of uh, inspiration for something. I you'll, love when you'll, that you'll read I something, and then assign a soundtrack to it. Yeah, yeah, and the, it, it it overjoys me now that it's gone to the point these days where I can assign my own soundtrack to it, where I can start to write my own music. Because like I have a couple of tracks on uh, SoundCloud and that, so. Yeah, with the I really am living the multimedia poet label now because I I'm starting to do my own music. Uh, I do photography now, and then I write the poetry, and which I'm going to be getting paid for, Nyla, for the first time. Isn't that awesome? I'm going to be paying that is awesome. being paid twenty five bucks to perform. You cannot oh, wow. beat that. I mean, how often does that happen for a poet? <laughs> really? That's very cool. Yeah, I'll have to give us the details. Oh, give me some money, please. <laughs> and he said there's no money in poetry You can retire now <laughs> Hey go. if you ever showed up While I was reading my poetry now That would be payment enough Especially <laughs> 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 if afterwards You went up and you got, went rah 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 me <laughs> If you ever turn around and there's a dime Sitting on your table When you get back <laughs> from reading hmm? You're you're leaving, yeah. No, if if you if there's ever a dime sitting on your table when you go back to the table from reading, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you and you look around and there's just a dime sitting on your table when you sit back down, mm-hmm. yeah, you mm-hmm. know I was there. 
Yeah. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, I can be found after all that at um, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry. Well, if you put that name under there, under that uh, in uh, Google, you'll you'll see a bunch of things related to me. I try to put everything under my name, like under that name now. And uh, but you can find me under Robbie's Multimedia Poetry <coughs> on uh, Facebook as well. Since that's where everybody is, <laughs> whether they like it or not. <laughs> yeah. And actually, no, what the I next big a, thing oh. will be? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Who knew? I don't know if I want to know. <laughs> I was just yeah, thinking I should write you a poem Facebook about Pluto. Is, or MySpace. MySpace is so big. It's like mm-hmm. MySpace would never go away, and then it was just poof. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We live on the cusp of that great generation that saw the death of MySpace. Our kids will never know. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it was so much better too. Not all the privacy things and and everything else. You can actually customize your page and <laughs> so I have MySpace a couple of way because there was not a way to make it markedly viable and an income producer. The reason that everything okay. got shifted to Facebook is because they found a way to make it marketable and viable to them and a money maker for them. Mm. And thus, in data things necessary to put MySpace. I mean, MySpace just couldn't compete. Yeah, yeah and I'm just, I'm really, for me, I'm just, I really am just there to, to put my poetry forward in that, and, and uh, I hardly read the feeds or anything. And it, it's just so much of it is so political anyway, or it's just like, I did this today, you know, I went to the grocery store today. Oh, well, whoop de doo. <laughs> so, I know. Yeah, I when know. I when we were on MySpace, I never knew about your hemorrhoids. You know, so <laughs> I don't need to know about them now. <laughs> it was just, yeah, it was just exactly. a, quite different. It was a, just a different format. It was much more of an, mm-hmm. uh, just you know, and they tried to do stuff it. at the end. Yeah, much more of a. It, it was literally that. That was. I mean, you designed everything on it. It was. A, it was incredible. It was like your own website, social website. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'll make a page with dimes all over it. <laughs> <laughs> no, you have no idea how scary and creepy that was. I carry a, I, 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 I carry a slingshot because of that whole situation. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Oh my goodness! All right, with a pocket full of dimes to shoot. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm going to Tahiti next so. week with all those dimes. But all right, Robbie. Tell so me I don't know. Uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, like I said before, Robbie's Multimedia Poetry, uh, including on Facebook. And I should have a bunch of other poems coming up soon. I'll, I'll write a Pluto one for you, and I want to write... Uh, I've been on a Star Wars stint of late, although not the uh, sucky... <laughs> the, the ones that have been coming out lately, but uh, I want to write some poetry. It's both for my own fun and for Star Severon as well, and I want to write a bunch of... Star Wars based poetry and and maybe read one or two for the geeks out there. So, <laughs> yeah. Very cool. So, all right, honey. Appreciate it. you so much. Thank you, babe. You bet. Glad I could get in. <laughs> Me too. Night, Robbie. Good night, Robbie. Good night. All right, Stan. Do you want to share one more with us before we end the show tonight? 
I surely would like to. And I got to tell you, I enjoy Robbie. I love his sense of humor, his poetry. Mm-hmm. It's always, it's really, it's really different. It's he's just like a little breath of fresh air is what he is. He is. Yeah. Well, time to get sterile now. <laughs> Actually, uh, what are you going to close the show with, Stan? I'm closing one which was also in the uh, poetry of Spring Embrace. It's off of a quote, which was actually from a play this poet is writing. And the quote is, driven by this means we are both elegant, quill, and parchment. End quote. And the poet is Titus Llewellyn. That's where that quote came from. And the piece I wrote is Soul Expression. Be it of solemn intent or an irony seen hilarious, be born in inner solitude or outward and gregarious, the perceptions of great diversity in words come to fruition, sharing the spectral and infinite range of our all too human condition. The affirmation found in love in its loss our devastation, perpetual journeys of our souls from damnation to redemption, from specks of dust to universe. In life's experiences, all will begin. Souls and hearts become our paper. Mind's imagination becomes our pen in peace. That was phenomenal. Yeah, you are... You are a really good example of of people that are somebody that through life going from point A to point B. You you walk through life and eventually will make it to point B. You know, you yes. when you come here and you say this is where this came from, this inspired this. I read this and it made me think of this and you know, I saw this and I wrote this type of thing. You know, you you see inspiration all around you in life, and and you act on it. I mean, that's the important thing. A lot of us see see things that inspire us, or think, oh that you know, oh that line would work, or get a thought and shut it up because we we got to go back to doing something responsible. You know, you yes. don't shut yourself up. I can tell. Um, mm-hmm. You know, when when it's something just, inspires you, insane. you. Take delight in it. You can tell by the way that you write, by the things that you write about, by where you find your inspiration, by how important it is that you share how you found that inspiration. You know, because to that, that's as much a part of it as, you know, the poem itself. I just, you're, you're like my poster child for, you know, you you have to live. Yes. You know, with your yeah. muse. You know, don't make it, your exactly. muse for you. Live, muse live for you. I'm getting exactly. <laughs> for me, yeah, for me, that's that's really the the crux of it. I have been actually almost reborn, in a sense, by beginning to actually get fully involved in poetry, which is which hasn't even been for five years. But it opened so much up to me, and uh, I've said this before, and I mean it. I am grateful to every poet I have ever read or listened to because I gained so much inspiration 
and, and knowledge from all of them that it just it just makes me better. It simply does. I forget that you have not been writing that long, writing poetry that long. You know, so you really are still in that kid in a candy store, you know, pressed nose, a little kid, you know, who's been sitting there with a the nose pressed against the window of the candy store, but now you actually get to go in the candy store and there's all this wonderful, fun, amazing things around you. And so you still are looking at a lot of things with that brand new, you know, childlike excitement with your craft. It's kind of cool. I forget that you've only been writing that long. So that's a that's a genuine chase in you, you know, a a, oh, a, yes. a true and and uh, pure reaction to the inspiration around you. It's awesome to see. Well, it, it's like with World Poetry Open Mic, where we have what's known as the poetic form of the month. They give us a poetic form of the month. I just feel like okay, here's a new adventure. I get to, like you say, make Nessie. I get to go after something I've never done before and give it a try. And it's exciting. It's exciting. There is so much diversity in this art. And like like you said, I'm like a child who's in a candy store, but I am unattended and I am running amok. I am. And loving it. <laughs> Uh, I've got a, a poem somewhere on my page talking about what happens when I'm unattended. It's not always good. <laughs> I could tell you stories. <laughs> but it's an adventure. It is an adventure. It It is. It is. If you ever go and look at my Facebook pages, there's a dress, a, a picture of me dressed up as a geisha girl. And, oh, boy. Uh, I, I, this The story about how those pictures came to be, and they're obviously, you know, I, I had my tripod set up and I took the pictures myself. They're obviously, you know, selfie type pictures. Um, but the story of how that happened, the the whole process of some remind me someday and I'll tell you. Because right, it's really I will. funny. <laughs> yeah. All right, sweetheart. Thank you so much for being here and spending the night and hosting with me. It's been a lot of fun. I really appreciate it. And uh I know that everyone really enjoys it when you're here with me as well. So thank you, Stan. And I enjoy it, too, and thank you, Nyla, for this format. You're so welcome. Do me a favor and tell everyone how they can find you again. Okay. You can find me, of course, Thursdays on Nyla's Speakeasy Cafe. Uh, I've been published in the 2017 and 2018 World Poetry Open Mic Anthologies. Uh, I was published in the Outlaw Poetries Were in Cahoots Anthology which our good friend, Mr. Philip Kent Church, thought was such a wonderful thing that he actually mailed a copy to our President Donald Trump in Washington, D.C., who I know for a fact has never pulled the cover back on that book because his head hasn't imploded. Uh, (laughs) uh, You can also find me on uh, Tuesday nights at 9, I co-host with Hollywoods on the uh, Hurt Locker, which is Epiphany Radio, which is on Blog Talk also. And different poetic groups, uh, Friends of Words, Wisdom, Wonder and Wit, Outlaw Poetry, uh, of course, the uh, Poetry of Springs Embrace, and the Garden of Poetry and Prose. And those three cool. uh, 
and those three anthologies are available on Amazon. Very awesome. All right, sweetheart, you guys make sure you go check all that out, and we will see you back here next week, Stan. Uh, of course. Thank you. Appreciate you, honey. Did a great job tonight. Thank you, Linda. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, everyone, you've been listening to the Speakeasy Cafe Open Mic Poetry Show, The Sound of Ink. I'm going to close the show tonight with a Sayora Deborah Grave piece called Apology to Me, and we will see you guys here next week. Good night, everybody. Apology to me. Dear me, I'm writing you this letter because I owe you an apology. It took me 28 years to see that I was treating you even more poorly than others treated me. I was looking for love desperately in all the wrong places, caressing all the wrong faces, but no man ever loved me for me. I know I made you cry, but I was too busy to see. I felt empty inside. I felt empty of me, so I ate to ignore the heartache. I ate to ignore the pain. I ate to get rid of the restlessness, but instead of getting rid of anything, I gained. Then, womanhood tapped me on the shoulder. I looked back, but closed my eyes. Baggy clothes would withhold her, hiding the female curse for my mental safety. Even though I fell in love constantly, no man would do me harm, because no man would ever fall in love with me. Many times I did you wrong, not wanting to care about you for so long. Always busy loving someone else, always caring first about another. You cried out in despair, but I just couldn't be bothered. Now I look back at pictures of you and me, witnesses of our personal history, and I finally realize that I cannot blame you for me because you are not my enemy. 28 years it took me, but now I apologize sincerely. I am so very sorry, but now I finally see your beauty, and I want you to know that I really do love you, dear me.